Nice. Nice. We are here again. Yeah, boys. We're Episode back. 16 of the You Love to Hear It podcast. To my right, I have Casey Willax. I'm Jamal Cunningham. And we have the legend in the building today, Tim Humphreys, the GoPro godfather, as I would call him. Ooh. Yeah. You like that one? Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Tim in the building. Tim's a professional snowboarder. Been working with tons of companies, Flow, GoPro, for a long, long time. And, uh, Put down a lot of content that you've probably seen already, even if you didn't know it was Tim. You've probably seen it. So, Tim, oh, yeah. how you doing? Oh, doing great. Yeah, just uh, getting a lot of boarding in this winter. Um, we're out here in Tahoe, and if, uh, yeah, if you didn't know that we have the most snow ever, then you live under a rock or something, or you don't snowboard or ski, because it has been out of control. And uh, there's infinite features. We are out yesterday um, getting crazy. We uh, got some good corn snow, and uh, yeah, the harvest is uh, the harvest is strong right now. Yeah, just feeding her the corn out there. Oh, dude, we <laughs> feasted yesterday. We we're eating. Economy's thriving. Yeah. Oh, maxed out. Nice, Tim. I first of all had to start as a fellow New Jerseyan. Yeah. Where are you from in Jersey? Uh, Basking Ridge. It's like northern central, um, right next to a highway. Classic. Yeah. So I have to ask you the most quintessential New Jersey question that I ask anybody from New Jersey. Does Central Jersey exist? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me the other question. Oh, I I know the other question. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, obviously the answer is Taylor Ham, and I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight. (laughs) Let's go. Yo, we might have to fight because it's called pork roll. Yeah. It is called pork roll. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, that's the generic name, but Taylor Ham is just a brand of pork roll. I'm just, it can I'm be, just it can throwing be it out there. So everybody, it so can be both. I was right, wearing, I was wearing two episodes ago, I think, I wore a beanie that has a Taylor pork roll uh, logo on it. And I was like, yeah. nobody will understand if I ask this question. Taylor so pork roll. It's great that you do. Oh, my God. Taylor pork yeah. roll. Um, I know. I th- I'm pretty sure that stuff's like illegal out here. I was thinking about starting a pipeline. <laughs> I can make a fortune just... Slanging that dirty goodness to California. Yeah, it's people (laughs) out here don't even know what it is. Yeah, no, it's like it's like if bacon and Canadian bacon, like yeah, I describe it usually as like uh, it's almost like fried bologna if it was made for breakfast, but out of bacon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, It's very difficult to explain, but anybody who hasn't had it. You need to go to a New Jersey bagel shop, preferably, yep. preferably South Jersey. Yep. Taylor um, ham, egg and cheese <laughs> on everything bagel. They they do salt, pepper, ketchup, but like I don't need the salt. I don't need the ketchup. Hit me with some pepper. You don't need though. the ketchup. I'm a no, big ketchup on eggs want, guy. No, Wait, is I don't it, like is ketchup it not on eggs. Canadian bacon? Is that what no? We're, no, it's like, dude. <laughs> it's like <laughs> don't you dare. Imagine if Canadian bacon was made out of bacon. Yeah. Ooh. Instead of out of ham. Canadian bacon's bad. Yeah, it's not good. No, I've it's not never, good. It's never only liked it's it. only it's only good on um uh eggs benedict. Even then, I pre- I would rather have a I would rather I would rather that. have pork roll. Yeah, I would or definitely Taylor rather ham. have pork roll. Hmm. Oh, you Preferably called it, you called it pork roll though. Well, because pork roll, roll right is there? the name of the generic thing <laughs> and Taylor Ham is the goaded brand of pork roll. Yeah, but I mean, do I call all shoes Nike's? Uh, maybe sometimes. They're the goaded shoe brand in my know. opinion do i call shoes nikes i don't, I don't know. know they're maybe. shoes <laughs> brand but there's like yeah. 10 million brands of shoes where there's literally taylor ham and then there's like one other brand of pork roll yeah yeah that's it's, fair there's only two that's a strict jersey thing. oh it is i'm from connecticut i've never I just found out about this right now it's very strict new jersey thing typical new like, jersey things you'll ask yeah taylor roll taylor ham or pork roll you'll yeah. ask what exit are you from because people, especially if you live off the parkway and not the turnpike, like people oh, yeah. will what, say- Oh, yeah, what highway is the real question, though? Because yeah. there's like 18 million highways. 
Yeah. I don't even live off either one of those. Yeah, I'm right, I'm right off the parkway. Exit 40, baby. Oh, yeah. 609, represent. Yeah. Yep. 26A, baby. <laughs> Where would I be from? I mean, you're just... You're one of a, those rest stops. You're an 860. Right? I almost <laughs> made it, and it's like midnight, <laughs> and the lights shorted out, so I had to pull off. All the, the CT rest stops that all have the Duncan. They're all those little pull-off ones. It's just like a gas station and a Duncan, and then you're right back on the highway. Yep. Uh, Wawa yeah. for life, baby. Yo, you've experienced <laughs> Wawa, C-Dub. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've had plenty of... It's a beautiful thing. That, that's one of those things where it goes against everything that I do, but uh, that just has... It's, it well, randomly has to be a part it's of it. Out well, it's funny, too, because yeah. now Wawa, like, they've... I, I was just in Jersey. Are they taking uh, over? I haven't been back in a while. Oh, they're, they've completely taken over. They're in, like, Jersey, Honestly, Florida, Delaware... But they've honestly good for them because all those other gas stations totally yeah. suck. And they're uh they're a really good company. They're like a privately traded company. They hook their employees up. You get stock options. Like oh, they dope. take care of their people. Like they're just yeah. legit. Something but about the vibe is just... they've diversified their food like drastically. Like you can order custom made salads now. You can order lettuce oh, no wrap way. burgers. You, like what? they've made it. They've made healthy oh, options, no. and it's all twenty four hours. Oh, so instead God, of you going to dream. McDonald's. It's like you're on your way home, blah, blah, blah. You stop at a Wawa. Yep. You can get a salad. You can fill get up something. Fill the car, fill up the belly. Yeah. It's fill crazy. Your, that, that's literally your neck culture over there. Oh, oh Wawa like going is, to Australia Wawa's and doing Vegemite is like, you know, on white bread. I literally did that in the vlog, and people were mad. They went against everything. <laughs> oh, because you're supposed to have it on a different type of bread? No, you're just uh, – me and everything I do isn't oh. eating white bread in the morning with, like, random paste on it. But, like, when you're in an area where the culture is there, you have to embrace that. And it's like I, I actually feel like your body – does different things with it than yep. if you're just like sloppy at home eating white bread but if you're like in australia with australians are like you got to try this vegemite yeah. this is how we do it and like literally jersey has the same exact thing with yeah. the east coast is like yeah, that but pork roll or taylor ham actually tastes good okay vegemite is like no, i don't know i've man. never had it i i've heard it's brutal but maybe it tastes better if you're there i was so stoked that i think it was just sick yeah the whole thing was great yeah, it's like, I mean, you're right about that thing with the culture thing, like wh- you being there, because I feel like I could go to France right now and just like eat bread, cheese, drink wine and smoke cigarettes for two weeks. And I'd be like, I love it here. Yeah, <laughs> they, they do it right. They have too. the best yeah. bread and cheese. Yeah. Their yeah. stuff's made God. 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The same. 15 minutes ago. It is right up the valley. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Picked the day before harvested. That's. Yep. Yeah. That makes a huge difference. Love to hear. Yeah. It. Oh. So wait, do I didn't get your oh. actual take? Does, oh, yeah. does Central New Jersey exist? Like exist as a because I divide into North Central and South Jersey. Jersey. He said it. I, oh before yeah, you yeah, yeah. Central yeah, yeah something about yeah. Central Jersey Central exists because I live like on the verge of it. I, I, so it's like as much as I don't want it to exist, and I wish <laughs> that there was like I don't know something way better than literally whatever is there. I don't know anything yeah. like a mountain or an outdoors thing or somewhere to go that isn't like paved over. Uh, but I mean, where's Bayhead? It's there, unfortunately. Or is that uh, Bayhead's like the beach? Yeah, yeah, but central, but, north, south. Uh, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> see what I did there. Yeah, There's sick wave there, though. Yeah, very be. sick. Yeah, I feel like Central Jersey is wherever like I my car I starts like the, to break down for the night, and that's where I. Post oh up. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't make it all the way to AC. Yeah, but like oh. it's just an hour and a half, two hours. In the I morning. think the line is like somewhere around like Point Pleasant, probably. Like somewhere around there, from there down is South Jersey. I would think that that's a a reasonable line. But I'm big on I I I make the different like I make the difference between the two of them so much because the culture in South Jersey and like the landscape is so different than so many places in North Jersey. Honestly, I feel like you just take the two spots where it pinches in the most on either side of the state and you draw a line across that. Bam. I'm all for it. I also (laughs) just believe that we should just secede and make two separate states. Yeah, it's too complete. Like. 
South Jersey bases so much off of Philadelphia. North Jersey so much right. off of New York. Like the cultures are so different. That whole tri-state situation is wild. Yeah. Oh, dude, I live in like wild. the middle of it. I'm like basically, you, basically in the middle of New York City and Philly. Like yeah. In that. Are like you in like suburban sprawls connect? And I'm like in the connection zone. Yeah. Is that close to like like New Egypt, like that kind of area, like across from? No, that'd be like right across from Philly. Wait, there's a New Egypt. Yeah, there is a New Egypt, New Jersey. Some very odd. Seven hundred and six distinct municipalities. There's no way to know them all. People are always <laughs> like, "Oh, you ever heard of this place?" I've like, "I'm literally." Is that even real? I've literally never heard of it. I always assume if somebody tells me somewhere in Jersey and I don't know where it is that it's up north because yeah. I just so rarely go there that I'm like, if it was in South Jersey, I would know where it was. Yeah. Wait. So did you start snowboarding in New Jersey? And um, like technically in like a park and in my front yard, I guess on my brother's snowboard. First time you ever. Know, first, yeah, first first drop in ever. Where was um, the local? But then, dude, Wyndham Mountain up in uh, New York. Oh, nice. Yeah. I used yeah, to do so ski trips to Wyndham Mountain. Cool. It was really cool back in the day. They had, it's cool now, too, again. All their lifts are all high speed and stuff. But, uh, yeah, they had a cool park and stuff going. They had a, they had a little scene there back in, uh, I don't know, 1994, 5, 6, 7, like back when I started. I'm an old, I'm an old guy. Yeah. How old are you? The 90s, 35. 35. We were, we were talking about this earlier, Tim. How old do you think 35 is in snowboard years? Like, oh my you know, God. like dog years is seven. Like, seven it's 35 like in snowboard ancient, years is a lot of dude, impact. Uh, you're going to have to put me on life support, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm about to get like, I'm about to get my free walker from, from my sponsors that hand out a walker once you get over 35. I mean, that's a real thing. Yeah. The snowboarding years are real because there's like, mm. There's a time when you commit to snowboarding full time and your body starts taking crazy abuse. And like, yeah. so some people will be 18 years into their career at 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some people will be 10 years into their career at 30. Got fresh like, legs. Yeah. You're both 30, but you're like, who's, yeah, who's but, snowboarding yeah. 30? Yeah, who's yeah. landed flat more times? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, every flat landing takes a week off your snowboard life. Wait, so who lives closer to Wyndham. You guys, how far were you from each other in Jersey? Because Jamal Wait, where is also I'm from Jersey. Atlantic City. So like oh, AC, yeah, you're pretty further. far down south. Yeah. Most of our... Yeah, it's like two and a half hours. Yeah, even um, to go to like Mountain Creek for us, it was easier yeah. to just go to the Poconos. You would just go west yeah. into Pennsylvania and just go to Camelback, Blue Mountain. Yeah, um, yeah all those places are pretty fun too. Yeah, they used all to had go good to Shawnee back too. in the day. <laughs> yeah, Shawnee. Uh, is it Shawnee that has that trail White Lightning? I think maybe it's Shawnee. Is no. it Shawnee or... Uh, I'll, I forget because I was in a, White Lightning kind of sounds more like a Blue Mountain. Oh, no, it was a Montage. Montage has the trail White Lightning. I've never even heard of that place. Dude, there's a bunch of oh ob- my God. obscure mountains in those areas. Right? Yeah, they're fun, though. They're, yeah. Like the Poconos you were saying, though, when I was a yeah. kid, I wasn't really into park riding yet. I was just uh, okay. starting, and I didn't really know what I was doing. But I remember being on the lift at Camelback, and this had to be like – I was in high school, so 2006 maybe – yeah. And I remember going up the lift at Camelback and the park is right underneath and there was like a a full park, but this one specific hip was right under the lift. And I saw all these kids and it's like oh six. So a bunch of the kids yeah. are thugged out. Like yeah, gigantic yo. hoodies oh, and like dude, I for sure had like a triple XL hoodie and like some kind of like chain necklace with a spinner or something. Yeah, you know, so oh, the widest stance. I remember seeing Sick. those kids and not knowing that that part of snowboarding existed yet. And just like being on the lift and being like, yo, what is this? Like, I want in on that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, dude. Mid 2000s snowboarding was dope. Yeah. I, I think I said it last episode too. I call it like the golden age. And I don't oh, know yeah. if that's just because no, I was no, no, it's there. It's literally what but it's commonly known as. Yeah. I, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Like, 
Oh my god! It's the time when snowboarding had so much money from big companies that they didn't know that yeah. it wasn't actually going to work out for them. So they were yeah. just dumping hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars everywhere. Yeah, it was yep. all the late nineties to like mid to late two, basically late nineties up to two thousand eight when there was that that stock market economy whatever thing and yeah and everything everything took a crap and then and then the whole landscape changed with like social media kind of taking over and the whole DVD sales at the shop not becoming a thing anymore. Um, it like totally shook up the whole ecosystem of everything. Wait, so so you've been in it since the beginning. You were saying what you started at seven, eight. Yeah, I was like six or seven or something. Nineteen ninety four, baby. And how intense into the riding did you get? Did you go right into the contest scene? Were you just weekend? Oh warrior? no, I didn't even know that like any of that stuff existed. I was totally oblivious. We were just going there on the weekends, and we had a Mac Dog video, so I knew that sick snowboarding existed somewhere. It's actually funny because. I didn't even realize it until years after I lived in Tahoe that um, most of that video was filmed in Tahoe, and I feel like that was I watched it thousands of times, and I was maybe that's why when I came to Tahoe, I'm like, this place feels right. This is where I want to be, you know, maybe because I was just so imprinted from that video. So I knew like some sick boarding existed, and then there's some craziness to be had, but I didn't really like know anything about being a pro snowboarder or the industry or that that even really existed. You know, I just knew that there was this video and these guys out there were doing crazy stuff. Um, so when did you have that turning point where it went from just kind of a hobby to um, actually moving so, to a mountain or taking it seriously? So I didn't even know contests were a thing. And then one time we showed up at the mountain, there was a big air contest. And my dad was like, oh, you like big air? You should do the big air contest. <laughs> and like we did, literally didn't even know what a big air contest was. But How old were you? I don't know, like 11. Okay. And uh, so we entered the big air contest fully not knowing what a big air contest is. Okay. So I'd been snowboarding for a few years and I was like pretty good at it. You know, I took off pretty naturally. Like the first day at the resort, I was ripping around pretty sure I did a double black diamond of ice moguls on my first day, <laughs> you know, a little falling leaf, like seven year old me, but you know, you were out I there. Getting, I was getting around. Yeah. Definitely. Second weekend. I think I was like trying to do like three sixties off the little park jumps and stuff. I was like, you know, cause I used to jump on trampolines and flip off diving boards my like all summer. So, you know, I wasn't like afraid of, you know, getting after it a little bit. Um, but yeah, anyways, big air contest, huge cheese wedge step down. It was insane. And like, at this point I'd like been doing like three sixties off the little, like 10 foot jumps in the park or whatever, but I'd never seen like a 40, 50 foot cheese wedge before. It was a straight step down. And I was like, um, what? <laughs> and, and like, I don't know. So I stared at the jump forever. And then I don't know. I like went up to the top and I was just standing there and like all these older kids were like, are you going to hit this? And I was like, I don't know. I've never really hit anything this big. And I'm like, I don't want to like not make it. And someone was just like, Oh, just follow us. And if you're going as fast as we are, you'll just make it. So I was like, really? Well, the older kids probably know what's up. Okay. Like I just blindly agreed to it and did it and made it. I was like, Oh, holy crap. And it was kind of like, I don't know. I wasn't that afraid of being that high in the air. Cause I'd spent a lot of time jumping off like high dives and stuff and doing flips. So I was like, okay with being in the air like that and then and then yeah contest time dude i ripped a front three indie off the toes it was so it was the craziest feeling because i'd never tried off anything like anywhere near that big and i just laced up and then like you that went got, full off the toes yeah. first front three well no no i'd done them like on smaller like 10 foot jumps and stuff but i'd never seen like a f like i went from hitting little crappy 10 foot jumps to like like a 50 foot step down cheese wedge and you chose with like you know with like a eight with like an eight foot tall wedge, dude. And I'm like eleven, dude. So I'm that jump's got to be like a hundred feet and eleven year old feet. 
yep yeah, yeah. Or whatever it's, you know? it's all relative yeah, it was yeah it was like not even real and yep. then but then yeah that got me to the finals and then i ripped the front three again landed that and then i was like i'd never tried a front seven i just yellowed a front seven absolutely died i landed like straight on my back and like straight from the front three to the front seven well yeah because i did the front three and i still had another run in the contest yeah. and it's easier to land and, regular. Yeah, do another I, yeah, one. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I, I didn't really know how to those. ride switch, <laughs> so I just tried to spin twice. I mean, I'd like jumped off a diving board, spun twice, or something like that. So I was like, "Yeah, just spin again." And That's then, crazy for then, you yeah, to be that early absolutely. into it and just yeah. be like, "I'm just gonna oh, go dude, for another one." I did not know what I was doing. I'd never really been served up super hard, and I like absolutely ate shit. But then like all these like girls came running down, were caring for me. So I was like, "Huh." Oh, the, the, right. your, your the eyes were open glory. to the snowboard world at the that moment. <laughs> yes, I, I ended up getting like third, and I think I won like a skateboard or something. I was all I was all amped up, and I won some more snowboard videos, which was really sick because I had I only had like that one Mac Dog flick and maybe another one that my brother brought home, and then all of a sudden I had like a bunch of videos or something. So then I was sick. just like. Oh my god! Like snowboarding's insane, dude. And at that age, yeah. when you get a new video, you could watch it a hundred oh. times. Yeah, yeah, dude. You'd the be Meltdown so stoked. Project, the Mac Dog Meltdown Project. Like I watched that video hundreds of times before the first time I ever snowboarded. Yeah, because it was like my brother brought it home, and then that was like the end of the season one year, and then I went snowboarding the first time next year. But I had it all summer, so that's all I watched ever. Yeah, so, dude. I mean, I got into snowboarding over. pretty late compared to some people. Like I didn't move to a mountain until I was like eighteen. Yeah. But the year that I moved to the mountain, uh. Same thing with seeing those kids at Camelback all thugged out. Yeah. The mo- year I moved there, Tech Nine Familia had just yeah. come out. I've seen that movie 150 oh, times. I've, I've seen it oh. front to back so many times. It's For me, it's one my love. favorite. Dude, I watched One Love so many times yeah. when I was in high school. Oh, that was the jam. I went back into the Tech Nine archives after that That's and sick. then watched One Love, watched Cold World, watched yes. all that. But they're, they're always my favorite videos. Yeah, those but, videos are so dope. Dude, the, the mix of like... The soundtrack is always yeah. so it just hits so hard. Yeah, the oh, mix of the soundtrack, banging. and then they always had the best of those, uh, like you know, a lot of times now you see like the super eight B roll shots and all that. But back yeah. then the trend was just like the I'm gonna stand on this cliff or like above this stair set, open jacket, just like yeah, up? just being a gang, <laughs> yeah, just gooned out. Yeah, like <laughs> MFM was like mixing the tracks for the videos and stuff. Yeah, like, dude, shout out to Mark Frank Montoya. Yeah. He like literally changed. Yeah. At once, like I said, once I saw that that side of snowboarding existed, and I yeah, especially like, saw it with him, I was like, yeah. "This dude is such a thug." Yeah, I wanted exactly. everything to do with it. I was yeah, like, "This is so sick." Because yeah, because everyone sees kind of skiing and snowboarding and whatever. They're they're like, "Oh, snobby white people, rich sports or whatever." And you're like, "Like, no, anyone can do this, and you can express yourself any way you want on it. It's you know, you can be whoever you want to be." Yep. And especially um, even with yeah. one love, like seeing, we talk about this a lot with like you know, it's a big talk right now. Yeah. It's like inclusivity in these yeah, type of sports exactly and i feel like that word almost like rubs some people the wrong way because they're yeah. just like immediately triggered like yeah, yeah having right. to bring it's, race into something but i like yeah. tell them like yo as a little black kid yeah. like seeing sal Masakale on the x games was huge mm-hmm. yeah, and huge. also like watching a video yeah. and seeing stevie bell and being like did that black dude just hit a 30 stair down rail like because yeah. to you he at that age you're just being told that 10. black people don't do that yeah. So you're like, you're like, yo, it, it just opens yeah. up a whole world of possibilities. Yeah, exactly. For kids. You know, it's everyone wants to, you know, see people like themselves represented. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Which it was sick as yeah. a kid seeing that. It yeah. Awesome. It's just, it makes, it, it makes it closer to you. It makes it, you're like, oh, somebody like me is out there doing this. And it, it gives you the inspiration that you're like, wow, this person that's like me went out and did, did all these awesome things. Like I could go out and do those too. Yeah. And I feel like it applies less to, it still applies, but it applies less to adults because you've already yeah. like 
made your you know who you are in the world and stuff but for kids it's huge because oh, yeah. they're just soaking everything up like yeah, even sponges. subconsciously you know so it's it's huge yeah. for kids to just be able to see people that look like them doing anything yeah absolutely yeah and just you to know. go try new shit yeah right yeah the amount of times i saw something and i'm like that's a thing that's sick yeah oh my god that's how yeah everything happens yeah, yeah literally Being 12 years old and seeing an 18 year old do something that's like the little brother, older brother syndrome yeah. where the, they both start skating at the same time, but the younger brother's two, three years younger and he's doing all the same tricks. And the, he's uh, trying to get, line. and he's trying to get love from his older brother and yeah. his friends. Cause yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. you can't come skate with us or you can't hang out with us. Yeah. You're annoying. And he's like, well, what if I kickflip this five stair? You're going to have to bring me with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going <laughs> to have get to mad when me. you do that anyway. Yeah. 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 Like, Damn it. Now the little kid's better than we are. Yeah. Like, you can't skate with us no matter what. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah definitely definitely need that yeah i have an older brother that's like significantly older and uh yeah he's always just talking mad shit to me and <laughs> always kind of kind of pushing me you know because i was always like oh yeah well i'm gonna jump bigger and go faster than whatever yeah the, yeah. the sibling rivalry you oh, know yeah. it with dana like <laughs> the sibling rivalry might push yeah. harder than any sports rivalry anything like that like the sibling rivalry is so real yeah because yep. it's like a camaraderie thing too where it's like mm. You know, you can talk trash on your brother all you want, but then as soon as somebody else does, it's like, like, yo, 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 you good? So it's (laughs) like you you hate that they're getting better and better, but like if they fall, you're like, you're making sure that they're super good and you actually do want them to progress, but you don't at the same time because you You want want them to progress. You just don't want them to know that you want them to progress. (laughs) You just don't want them to progress faster than you. (laughs) It's inevitable. Uh, Tim, when did you, so we, we got into your first contest and stuff. When did you first start like picking up sponsors? I feel like you've been with Flow forever. Yeah, yeah. So we could probably speed this one, speed run this one a little bit. But so anyways, because of that first contest, just went home, whatever, was all juiced. Yeah, I went to skateboarder and some videos and stuff and a bunch of stickers and whatever. Went went out the next year and there's like the random weekend we went, there's some Burton demo happening and the Burton rep kind of hunted me down and was like, yo, you're that kid that like got third at the contest, like against all the older kids. He's like, we want to hook you up. Oh, so sick. then. Uh, yeah, rode like kind of rep road and worked my way up to team manager, kind of hook up from Burton, did that for like 10 years. And then uh, one day out of nowhere, I was like, just got out of high school, was figuring out oh, I'm going to go to college or maybe I should just defer because I'm probably just going to cut class and snowboard anyway. So I might as well just, you know, not beat around the bush with that one. And then, yeah, out of nowhere, the summer between, like, right around when I was, I, I had, like, a month or two to make this decision, what I was going to do with my life. And then Andrew Muddy just calls me up out of nowhere and was like, yo, you want to ride for flow? And I was like, hell yeah. And he just offered me, like, golden opportunity. Um, Sick. Had a little bit of budget to travel, everything like that. And, um, yeah, so took that opportunity and ran with it and picked up some more sponsors, more contests, happened to land some good runs and keep like top fiving a lot of things uh it's like i never like won too many big things i was always like getting second place sucked but i was like i have so many insane second places like like you know i would lose to the most absurd people like travis rice sean white freaking Chaz goldemon torstein arrow etala like like those are the people who I have like second places too. That's a pretty so worthy second yeah, place. I know, right? Woo! Yeah. So even though I couldn't pull out any big wins really, um, like I won a Grand Prix when I was in high school, like the first Grand Prix slope style, so that was kinda cool. Oh sick. Um and I won like the rookie air and style challenge. But that was like kind of the rookie event that won me a spot into the main event. But then when they did that the jump was super gnarly and like everyone got hurt and yeah, that <laughs> that didn't go too well. 
Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure Flo has so, obviously been good to you over yeah. the years if you've been with him for this long. Yeah, so Flo's been awesome. They keep on charging. They actually, for as much as people like to, people love to hate on Flo for whatever reason. I, I, don't know, I like, didn't want to bring it up what, directly no, 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 to no. you, but I will fully call this out because people love to hate on Flo. Like I get random hate mail on my DMs sometimes. People just. I just want to tell you that flows are fucking whack. Like people just hit me up just to say that. <laughs> that's like, so harsh. like people will make like a they'll do it on alternate accounts too. That's not like even attached to their main. It'll be like some some like random burner account, and some stuff. egg profile. Yeah, yeah. You just send just, them a clip like, of a banger what? that you put down the like, day before. I'm on like, flows. have you guys not seen all these things that I've done on these bindings? Like, there is like you're not going to your the average person is not even touching that kind of riding and it's like the bindings work great they're absolutely fine they're amazing and yeah. it's you know people just want to hate on them for whatever reason it's, yeah i had a pair of flows back funny, in the day but dude they keep getting better every year man it's amazing what the designer lucian does with them he's he cares a lot about the the products and we're always trying to make them better so, yeah, they had that yeah. one. There's one incident ever, okay, where Lego gets destroyed on that jump in the Bondage. Oh well, that was remember? that wasn't even the that's not even a flow binding thing. Okay, first of all, the base the, plate. It's first the base it's plate a 140 disc, foot jump. Well, the and the base plate disc shattered, which is like if you've ever ran any plastic base plate discs, those things break all the time. Like I used to do that on Burton bindings. Like I did that on both bindings in one double line. Like I used to shatter, I used to shatter like five or six of those base, base plate discs a season on the yeah, plastic yeah. one. Yeah, I do the same exact so thing. So it's like, you know, you can run the metal base plate discs and then, you know, that won't happen. But yeah, every, everyone like calls that out. They're like, oh, it's the flow band. I was like, dude, he, he like went over the bars on the most massive <laughs> jump ever and like probably would have broke his ankle if the base plate disc didn't yeah. break, you know, and that's a lot of bindings have a certain they're not engineered extra, extra strong to never break because there's a certain point where the gear needs to break or you're going to like break. Yeah. You know? So that's what a lot of binding companies tune in over the years. And yeah, like a lot of times when I break bindings, I'm like, well, probably would have broken my leg if that thing stayed intact. So I'm glad that everything exploded and I was able to like section out the impact, you know, the binding takes a bunch of it and then like you body slam the rest, but it sort of splits the impact in two. So yeah. Would you rather break yeah. a binding or a tib fib? Yeah. It's pretty, literally, pretty easy you know? decision. So it's, yeah, it's tough when that's the, you know, the visual appeal and everything. It's so easy for people to pick on it. Cause that's just what it looks like. But when, you know, there's only a handful of people that really know that that's how it be when you're hitting jumps like that. Yeah. You know? That jump is um, so that, that was in crazy. that movie they have that yeah. jump. Is that it? It's at high, like Aspen Highlands, dude. This guy yeah. was telling me about it. He was saying the in run was like really long and flat, and on this big ridge line, it was super windy, and like the sun was going in and out, and the speed was like crazy all over the place. He was saying they would like knuckle it one run and then like overshoot the shit out of it the next run. And he said like both him and Danny got like really served up on it. Yeah, that um, in that movie they have huge. that jump that's huge, the eyeball jump, yeah. which I think is at Mammoth. That jump looks sick. That jump was yeah, how was they cool. rounded the knuckle yeah, into the eyeball. That cool. That's a sick one. And uh but I feel like back then mm-hmm. cuz that's same era like 2007, yeah. 2008, I feel like there were huge jumps, oh, yeah. huge park jumps in yeah, video every, parks that everything you don't was see like now. 80 feet, dude. Cuz when I film when I film for standard, man, that was anytime we had a park build or something, it was minimum 80 feet or we weren't even looking at it unless it was some crazy poppy kind of gnarly blast high in the air thing or something and was that like a budget thing because it takes a lot of money to build those jumps yeah well you need a bunch of money to pay somebody to build those i mean yeah sometimes like a custom build would be like five g's to 
you know, or, or something. Cause it takes like a week or, and like multiple cat drivers and man hours to push those things up. You know, it's like, sometimes you get lucky and resorts have one set up cause they want companies to come film stuff for promotion for them. Yep. But other times if you're a brand just trying to buy that out, you know, you might be like five, 10 G's into a build, especially now with gas and shit being expensive and all that. And you have to find uh, a, find a mountain that's down to have yeah. that at their mountain. Yeah, that you know, too. for liability reasons, I would bet. Yeah, I think that's what happened a lot too. There used over to the just past couple decades, the liability thing got really gnarly. Yeah, yeah, the booters used to just roam free, man. I remember 07. <laughs> free I, range oh, booters, dude, free kid. range booters, dude. Free like the 07, booters. 07, 08, <laughs> 07, 08, My first started coming into Tahoe and filming with Flow and stuff. Boreal would have a freaking eighty foot cheese wedge with a. 15 foot tall lip just out on one trail on 49 or just out by yeah. itself just huge and they'd build the ski shack gap like mountains and you know north star would have big jumps that they'd have for filming north star oh north Every, star had yeah, the money the straights and stuff like, like freeway tours- doesn't exist anymore I know, those Colorado had the big wait ones. breckenridge doesn't have freeway no, anymore. freeway's gone, gone. Hit, inferno's I, I hate, gone for mount I hit snow a freeway jump one time in my freeway entire life sickest. of living in my time of that one season we lived in breck and it was because a kid i work with uh, who to shout out his t- Instagram is Tito the Misfit wow. Tito the homie he was one of my good friends living there we started working together and he's like so you like ride I'm like yeah I sh- like I came from Vermont I've been shredding he's like do you like ride ride though he's like calling me out I'm like yeah <laughs> Tito's yeah. nasty Tito's so so disgust such a good skateboarder too Dude, so sick. disgusting but he like he's like yo you got to come hit this jump with hit freeway with me tomorrow and I was like I'd, of course just I don't know if it's the New Jersey in me or my general demeanor, but I just will never. I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course like, I'll do. Oh, that. a highway. Well, that too. And what you that. were saying about another black homie who's yeah. like, oh wait, what? It's just us here in college. Yeah. Like it, you're hitting that. All right, let's yeah. give it a go. So I rolled up with him in the morning. He's like, meet me there in the morning, and I get there, and I'm like, my heart's like pounding out of my chest, and I'd hit Inferno like one or two times at Mount Snow before that, maybe, uh, in during spring shredding when it was nice and soft. But he's like, all right, just like you go first. I wasn't even following him in. I was like, what? uh so he I made hit the you f- guinea pig. Yes, yeah, he he's hitting them every day. He's like, dude, they're good. Drop them go right. Straight. Drop them right here. Okay. He right. didn't let you follow. Him. <laughs> yeah. No, but he actually, wanted me all the way. He here. wanted to see me do it. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. Set so, up the tripod. But if I, there is I'll, any jumps you can trust, just go straight from here and go straight at everything. It is those jumps. The it, jumps it at Breck are it so was good. Jumps. Yeah. So yeah, like long story short, I basically just I didn't hit the whole line. I will give the disclaimer on that. But that first jump in freeway, I'm like, heart's pounding out of my chest. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna go for it. And I went. You, you kind of find out what your safety grab is once you, because I also don't spin jumps that big. I've never oh, been yeah. a guy that's going to spin a jump that big. But you find yeah. out what your safety grab is like immediately because I <laughs> leave the lip of this thing, like barely pop and just hold on to my nose for dear life. Oh, yeah. And I end up holding on. And as I'm in the air, I'm like, oh, this jump is so nice. Yeah. So I'm like, right? oh, okay, I see where I'm landing already. So I just chilled with the nose grab. Rode away clean, yeah. and then I acted like I had done it a million times oh, yeah, by the time dude, I saw Tito. I'm like, just yeah, bro. it out. You, you know, saw that, dude. The vibes. Like, yeah. I want to take a look at the second one before I really <laughs> sent it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, yo, can we go back to Park Lane, please? <laughs> Wait, Timmy. Oh, dude, I'm addicted to... I was addicted to Freeway, dude. I went... I lived on some... Uh, this homie's couch there for like two months and just rode Freeway every day. Such and good... It was such well-built everything there. Same speed. When I you would leave at 3 p.m. the day before, you show up the next morning and start from the same exact spot and be the same speed. So the weather is so consistent there. Yeah, the dryness. Except for when I moved there for that exact thing. Yeah, we, and we got four plus skunk. inches, no less than four, more than four, uh, up to two feet every day for the uh, entire pow, winter pow. in 2012. Yeah, it was a sick pal season, oh, but yeah, you literally yeah. moved there two hit jumps. I, I remember being at Keystone when they had the big booters at oh, Keystone. Oh, Keystone Park. Fire. That was my first time out west 
when we moved to Colorado, me and C-Dub and a bunch of other homies. And I remember being on the jump at Keystone to film you. And it was my first time, like I said, out West, but being around because everybody was doing that circuit. They're coming from Austria and then the jumps were in Colorado. So everybody was going spot to spot. And I'm like filming C-Dub on the knuckle and I just see like Torstein. Yeah, Stale. Just all these guys flying over my head, and it like hit me. It was like so surreal. I was like, I'm really here right now, just oh, standing yeah. on the knuckle, and all the best snowboarders in the world are just flying over my head like training tricks. Yep, it was really, really sick. Yeah, it's contest season hitting because usually the first Grand Prix or Dew Tour, usually the first contest of the winter kind of time would be at Breckenridge. So a lot of times keystone or breck one of those would have a really they'd have good jumps set up because everybody would come from far and wide and go there and practice because they always had cold snow making temps and they could get some park jumps up early so yeah there's always a big migration of all the ripping contest boarders trying to get some early season uh training in it's a shame to see all yeah, that disappearing all yeah i mean inferno at mount snow doesn't even if it does come sometimes it's like late february march even if so free the whole freeway thing being yeah, gone the booters they used to have do tour at mount snow and then they would just yeah. leave the same features up yeah same 2000 right at yeah Breckenridge. they would just leave the same features up yeah good luck just public you know and then maybe that's probably why they had to stop <laughs> yeah, doing maybe it. well because you know there's going to be people who are obviously going to go hit those jumps that sh- their ability level says that they should not. Yes. Yeah. So maybe that happened too many times, you know, but it's, it's hard because there's not really a way to control that. Like you've seen the mountains that have like, remember, I mean, I don't know how many mountains still do it, but I remember going to Camelback and you had to like go into like a shack at the top of the park and watch a park. Oh yeah. Video. They used to do that. And then Stratton, you would a park pass, so yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, I wonder if you could do something like that for big jumps, but like, it's just so hard cause you need manpower. You need somebody no, to be no, up there. You. you need, you need so much. You I, know? Got you. I, I got you. I got you. Just like, I got you. you Okay, I was telling somebody about this. All right, you ready for this, guys? Yeah, yep. please right. fix it. Parks. Okay, I got the fix. It is actually extremely simple. Okay, so you have your run into wherever the big jumps are. All right, you have like a full fence off on either side of the run, so people can only go off of, you have one jump lip going up, and you make like a step-up jump. That's like a like a Euro gap, so it's like a like a wall, you know, where you have to jump up, you know, maybe five, six, eight feet, air up to the drop-in pad. Okay, oh. so you have to make this step up, and you have a vertical wall. Slight so challenge to get into the XL physical, zone. a physical barrier and a skill barrier ah. to get into the jump line. Very right? interesting. So they have to make it up this step up to even get to the drop-in pad to be able to hit the jump. I like that. I, I'm just worried about all the kids that think they're ready. Well, they'll, and one dude they'll, clips it, another one bails out, stops, three are coming in, yeah. triple body pile I tell you up. what, they hit that wall, they'll figure out real quick yeah, that they exactly. were Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say they're going to find out they're not ready real fast. <laughs> but when you're nuking in and they clip a toe edge and they're in the actual takeoff, just and go now over you're them. jib bodying, now well, people like, became features. It's like wide. I'm not, th- you know, it's wide enough where you could just, okay. you know, take, you know, make it a couple cats wide, but they still, you know. You have to air up to it to get up. There's you no other way You could almost kind of transition quarter pipe yeah. style so that it just like filters them out yeah, whoop, totally. off to the small park, you know? That's yeah, there a, might even be a little exit slide tunnel that, yeah, puts them out on the bunny slope. That's good. I might <laughs> need to implement that. I like that a lot. I yeah. was thinking just kind of like act like it's very strict and you have to do, you know, there's a person at the top and you have to go down to the bottom and go through the computer thing just to kind of deter the people that are like, 
ski, ski racers that might have went through it because they were on their way down, but they're like, I'm not even going to deal with that right now. It's like when we're sneaking into somewhere. It's like, is yeah. it even worth it? Like, it's a whole situation. If you were on the fence, that might just be like, yeah. you know what? It's not even worth it. Yeah. yeah. But really, the homie at the top is kind of just like super lax and lets anybody through, but it looks like yeah. you're probably not going to yeah. get in. Really, he just looks to see if you have a gaper gap or not, and he's like, yeah. oh, this guy's kit is on point. He's probably straight. <laughs> okay. Tave. Gap jump over a barbed wire fence. <laughs> yeah. Barbed wire fence across the run, and there's just a giant lip across the whole thing and a landing on the other side, but you have to like ollie up and over the barbed wire fence. Yeah, no liability issues there. No, no. Yeah. We're gonna have to start <laughs> up our own there. insurance company now and start sponsoring. Well, you balance. actually you just have rubber spikes on it. It just looks like barbed wire. Oh, faux yeah. barbed wire. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> okay. Fugazi. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, I got a random question for you. <laughs> First time you roll up to a sh- a stray eighty foot booter. Feeling good, you know, conditions are right. You're going to hit it straight air or spin? Oh, man. Because um, it's always, you're always all cold and scared at the top. <laughs> um, if it's, you know what this is like. If it's I, like a, I do not know what this is like. Oh, man. Kind of either or. Because I've straight aired some, I straight aired that big one at super, that big 110 foot the, super the park. The crazy Wu Tangy one? The Scotty yeah, the one Vine was, one? Yeah, that, that he was, got broke off. Yeah, that was the one that uh, you hit that. Yeah, I kept, yeah, I capped ten that thing. Where was I? That jump was yeah. so big. Well, it was it was that uh, was the last was big sunri- jump. It was sunrise shoot. That was to oh, the, to this day. I think that was yeah, the last was big jump built. Well, they they did it. They built basically a replica of it again the next year too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I did see that. Yeah. Snowboarder yeah, man did it. Yeah. I thought that was the last year of that year. No, that was the second to last. That year year at Super Park, where they first built that jump, was the first time that I think a lot of people, myself included, saw Fridge. Because there was a talk around Super Park because a lot of people didn't know who he was. And everybody's like, yo, who is the dude with the backpack? Cool borders, baby. And he was just destroying everything. And that huge jump, he did a frontside 180 on it. Yeah. Like off the heels, gangster, just arms hanging out. I was like, what that an insane trick to do on a jump Ooh, like that. Yeah. He did what a, a layout backy too, right? A single? Yeah. Or a I single think he did a single and then he did the double where he laid out the Just, first yeah. one. Or he laid out the second, second one. Second one, yeah. Yeah. Was he was going off. And yeah. him, Haldor, Ooh. their whole crew that I remember through that yeah, whole yeah. super park, they were just like charging getting hammered every night oh, and yeah. then being back at sunrise shoot charging harder than everyone oh yeah. it was, was insane like yeah that was the was that kind of like a little mellow return of haldor he was like gone for a little bit and then he yeah. came back and was just like oh he got way better and he's already yeah. been the best and he was catching heel edge rodeo back seven yeah. water thing over like just the biggest features i remember yeah he was with uh what frank april and like a bunch of the Canadian boys too, and they were yeah. funny story. I almost well, me and a bunch of the homies were literally like about to fight a bouncer at that super park because they were kicking Haldor out of oh, the bar. Oh yeah, because he, <laughs> yeah. he, he like ripped down and the shield. Like, Yo, get your the hands off him, dude. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think <laughs> I think that was I think that was the last one because because the year before I think the first year they had that big jump was Haldor broke his ankle trying like a backside triple twelve or sixteen or something crazy like that, and I drove him down to SoCal the hospital. Or to a a good, super good like orthopedic doctor or whatever because he needed surgery or something. Yeah, that was that was a so, wild one. That so one I think he won. Did he win the one after the last one at Mammoth? It was the one where he won Super Park Standout yeah. because that was the time that everybody that was, was carrying yeah, I think him that was through the, the last one at Mammoth where they had that big scary hip that had the back cut off and, and homie the, went the, off the back the side Japanese of it. Japanese kid went yeah. went I heels one caught his heels yeah. at the top and went yeah, flying went over the back, back side dude, of he it. He dropped like forty feet to fine. flat, dude, he, and he was like fine, dude. Like well, I mean, he like broke his ankle or something. I literally thought he was dead. Literal dead. Fine. Yeah. 
Wait, no, I think I think he hurt his. I think you're right. I think yeah, he, he hurt, hurt his so, ankle, but like it was hurt all things but considered, was, he yeah. was fine. Because I was like, oh wow, we lost. We were all sitting on that that kind of ridge there, watching yeah, that hit. Yeah, we, it was like me, you, Schaefer was up there. Yeah. A bunch of homies were sitting there, and yeah. everybody's reaction to watching this kid oh, clip heels at the very top of this just no, cut out no, hip, and then just make it to the disappear landing. over the other side. Yeah. Like that was so scary. Oh yeah, but he was he was what 14. He's made a rubber. Yeah, bounced. You know. Dude, day one, first run, going up the chairlift. I took one look at that thing and saw how skinny the top was and the wall in the back, and I was like, hell no. Yeah. Like, that I was am... when they cheese wedged out the whole hip, yeah. right? And it was like, Dude, yeah. even the homie who built it there. said it was terrifying when he was like shoveling out the transition at the oh top because he's like 30 feet up. Like, like he could get injured falling just shoveling the top of the lip. Yes, just sliding <laughs> down. Yeah. Oh how insane is that when you, you're at risk of injury while right. building the yeah, feature? Yeah, while building it, dude. It's, yeah, they went all out that year. It's crazy. Yeah, that was, that was such a good time. That was such a crazy experience for me because yeah. it's always been kind of the same thing where I'm either there to film C-Dub or I'm just rolling with C-Dub yeah. and the boys. And like we talked about it on a previous pod about like the levels of snowboarding, advanced, mm-hmm. intermediate. It's like my snowboarding level, I've been around it forever. I enjoy doing it and like yeah. I have fun park riding, but I'm not hitting super park jumps. Right. So just to be there filming and just be around it and see like what goes into it between the builds and all of that. Yeah. And then seeing everybody standing at the top and like plotting out their lines and plotting out these tricks. And it was just such a surreal experience for me, like seeing the highest level of snowboarding oh, yeah. all in one place. It was surreal. So crazy. What was your first super park? How old were you? Dude, it was like super park nine. Yeah, I came survived, in at 21. I've survived. <laughs> I survived like 16 super parks. Dude. Yeah, you deserve. There should be a, like a YouTube plaque like this right, one right yeah, here. There should be one of those tenth, for you after surviving. surviving your 10th super park. Just you get the plaque if you like you made it. Yeah. Wait, so um, how old were you? Which what was the first one? Where? I think I was like 18 or 19. 17, 18, 19, some some kind of age like that. I was still riding for Burton. Um is that Lake Louise? Um Where's not, that? Where's that? Yeah, up uh, in Banff uh, in Canada. Oh, okay. Um oh, gosh. so they did it 2 years at Lake Louise. So that was the second year they were there. Um it was like they had this big scaffolding thing with like a barrel people were bonking and there's like um there's like a giant like there's like a quarter pipe with scaffolding on top. You could bomb drop hop, bomb drop off one side. There's like a hip with a barrel bonk like twenty feet up on some other side. The quarter pipe had like a box like eighteen feet up or something crazy off the lip of the quarter pipe. And then they had this mega step down. It was maybe like eighty five or ninety feet, but it stepped down like twenty five feet. It was like Whoa. a fat drop. Like it dropped away like crazy. That was I hit it. I think I straight aired it once. I I don't even think I tried to spin it i was that that jump was like out of my league because i was i'd hit some big jumps but never anything of like that size i like i might have tried to front three it or something and i just couldn't put the gear down i don't even think i was on big enough of a board i was on like a 154 or something yeah i didn't know that you had to scale up board sizes for that but they had some other really cool jumps at this jump that was like a lip and then a big flat deck and then it had this weird cutout so you kind of hover this deck and then it would like drop away and it would drop out to the landing and yeah, that I, jump was really cool, and they had a really cool hip. That was, yeah, it was mind blowing. One of my favorite things about Super Park Two is not just the size, but like how they yeah. would just have you know Woodward Tahoe had their section, Corinthia yeah. had their section, and getting to see park builders who are outside of their home mountain and they're coming there to build the most creative, cool setup that like fits their brand. Like they're like, oh, this is what we do at Corinthia. Let's bring it to Super Park, make it bigger, and make it interesting. Like we'll bring our style into Super yeah. Park. You know, 
Yeah, because some of the mountains they're kind of limited by snow and stuff. You know, the Corinthian guys are amazing builders, but they don't have the most snow to work with. And then they get out somewhere where there's endless snow. You know, they really get to go to town with it, which is cool to see. Or, or restrictions or something that they might have at the mountain yeah, for what totally. they can build. Yeah, there's no yeah. rules at Super Park, dude. They in Pat Bridges dude, calls everybody. He's like, "Yeah, build whatever the fuck you want." <laughs> yeah, it is so scary, man. Like every time I was there, just. Every jump is so fucking terrifying. Well, wait, dude. I think like, there's a lot of people that are listening to this that since there hasn't been one might not even truly know what a super park is while we're just exactly sitting here talking about it, it for that long. Like. Yeah. Super park. Yeah, so correct park, me if I'm wrong, size. but super park began by Pat Bridges when the mm-hmm. snowboarder mag um, was just basically sending invites to all of the biggest mountains that were crushing it throughout that year and trying to get their best not only cat builders but a couple of the guys that hand shape and everything and so say crystal mountain corinthia parks copper they invite them out as like separate teams then they get an entire resort to close off an area from the public where each mountain is able to build with their team their own specific feature or two features and i guess it's like a couple hundred of the best riders in the world that are invited invite only and it's like as much as it's kind of a contest it's just trying to push the sport of snowboarding and get everybody together super sunny so much stoke and just like basically oh yeah big photo wrap up the whole season and just have everybody together in such an amazing area to try to push the sport and that's exactly what it had done what was your favorite super park you'd ever been to oh man maybe the first year at mount bachelor when they they had this one really good they had this one really good jump it was like the perfect like 80 90 foot step over you could go like you could go like a buck 40 down down the landing and it was still chill it was just a carefree, sick airtime, just like really fun, trick-friendly jump that was huge. It stepped and, up, uh, kind of step over you. But then that was when they introduced the the step up jump too. Like that Boreal built the step up jump. Was that the double, <clears throat> the one footed double backflip jump? Scotty Vine um, did. Was that that year? It was. I think it was the first year when it was kind of smaller and it only had the one step. Not the year where it was like two steps with the trees in it. Okay. Is that, that the one that, that Mamba did the triple backflip on? I think that was the two steps with the trees. That was okay. the second The triple black year. flip. Sorry for that, Ooh, Mamba. Yeah. Yo, I was, <laughs> Shout out yo, Shred I was Mamba, the, my boy. I was in the landing. I was in the landing staring up at him because I had just, dude, I had just uh, did a double rodeo 10 nose grab off that and I landed and rode out and then like one or two people after me, Mamba comes through. Triple dude. blacky. He comes in yeah. so black, dude. See, he like went, in anything I see of him, it, dude, and just rides right up, just high five. He comes in so hot. Yeah, just just mocks into features, it. dude. Yeah. So that well, that was fifteen then, right? Fourteen or fifteen? Yeah, it had to be somewhere around there. Right? I don't know. Right? Usually, I black out at Super Park. Yeah, booter drunk. Because the first one that I went to with you was at Seven Springs, which was in like 2015, 16, because we were living in the Bears Crossing house. Mm-hmm. So, I think it was between then and when we got out west of Mammoth, I think, because that's it, also the one. No, it was before those. Oh, it was before those. Yeah, because yeah. the the Hood Meadows one is the one between when you have the clips in the yellow dank habits hoodie. That was wild. That was my first super park ever, and you were owning it. You were Rawr. insane, dude. Build a build a yeah, booter, yeah. and Timmy will come. Oh, yeah, <laughs> build a booter. I yeah, know, I'm addicted to the airtime. Do you have a favorite trick, that, either from a super park or that you've ever done in your life? favorite clip oh yeah i got two i got two pretty favorite clips this year oh man there's so many clips 
The guy is 35 and he's still putting down the best tricks of his life. We have to bring up. I got to. I got to brain through like 20 terabytes of clips. We got to bring up the clip from yesterday. Yeah, the double rodeo. Yeah, the double rodeo. Are you saving that for something? Came back. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. that's actually what I love about Timmy. He's not really like saving stuff. Anytime (laughs) I've wanted a clip or anytime we've been on a trip together, like Tim has a completely different style than me. Like I try to get every single clip the whole day and put everything to kind of document it. And Tim literally will work on all day for the clip, which is forget all the other stuff. So sick. Well, it's it's hard to edit when you have, you know, like that type of camera, that type of GoPro. And you got to like frame out each clip. So it was dope. Whenever we've done any like tours together, uh, we did that CBD tour. Yeah, yeah. oh, that's so fun. Tim was super down to where I'd be grinding all night, and he'd be grinding all night for a couple hours yeah. just to get me like his three or four clips from that day that yeah. I could incorporate it into. Make them banger. Ooh, that was that was good. That was yeah. a good combo. And I'll spend like half an hour just editing one clip to make it like perfect. All right, you got to give us a clip. Favorite clip. Okay. Um, favorite clip of. Shoot, all time, dude. Favorite clip of all time is so hard. It's a heavy one. Yeah, I mean, you have thousands to choose from. <laughs> More than that. Yeah, literally. Oh my god, I know. That's a tough one. All right, I'm gonna start off with this year. I have two clips. Well, I got that double rodeo ten nose grab yesterday on the corn snow jump. I'm just hyped to do that trick that again. Was it's been like eight years? Insane. Groundbreaking. But, Didn't but you do I, that? Yeah, that was at MVP to twelve. No, I never at went the to Beaver 12. Dam. You were uh, trying it that year. I like think I ended I think I ended up accident like over rotating a few times, almost going twelve. But I don't know if did I ever get it then? I don't know if you I definitely got, got the backed up Rodeo ten there nose yeah. grab. That trick's so that trick's so tough, man. It's it's like with the nose grab it doesn't come around right most of the time, but I started doing more wildcat style and it kinda works a little bit better. It comes around more boltsy, but you might catch your toe and die. Mm-hmm. Um but then I did this other thing this year. There's a, um, I like upgraded this clip where I, um, back wand off this, uh, kind of like roll down to the steep kind of butter rock, um, slush mag posted a little bit ago, but I have, I have an upgrade to that shot that they had in their, uh, like clip of the week thing. So like I did this back one, like cranked nose butter down this thing, then, uh, off a half cab off this clip cliff, but I have. I have an upgrade to that one that I'm Ooh. really, really excited okay, about. Okay, I like it. He has a favorite clip, but we're leaving it with the suspense. Yeah, I, yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I already I can't give you guys every single shot that yeah. I did. I mean, we just um, watched last night. We were going through your Instagram. We watched the GoPro clip of you throwing the GoPro on the front three. <laughs> yeah. We were dude, we were frothing out I in here. Almost we're like, died. I had no idea that the, dude, that, that thing, thing almost hit you me. in the head. Yeah. It almost hit you in the head. Oh, uh, yeah, I almost got skewered. Yeah, so we were like talking all about that and like i gotta catch it the variety of gopro <laughs> clips that i've seen you get like you've obviously had a long-standing relationship with gopro like yeah. i used to work at jack's surfboards in huntington beach oh, and they have you know a gopro stand oh and yeah, all the time the i'd be like yeah, that's tim like, <laughs> yeah oh, yeah i know demo that players yeah so like the uh, clips that are playing on the gopro things all the time you'd yes. see tim like you know front seven seatbelt off of a cliff somewhere that holding the camera filming myself or yeah. something so i wanted to but, ask you about that like one, are you still constantly looking for new ways to evolve the GoPro shot? Oh, yeah. I feel like just, you have to. Yeah. You know, you got to keep things interesting. It's like I have so many freaking POV and handheld shots of me doing like back sevens. It's like I want to just any opportunity I get to do something different than anything I've done before, I definitely take it. Yeah. Or any random stupid idea, as long as it's 
not something that I've done before. I always try and chase after it because I don't know. Sometimes like the stupidest ideas end up being so sick. Yeah, you're um, never gonna know how good it is unless yeah, you film you it. Got to keep it fresh, keep experimenting. It's uh, yeah, definitely. Sometimes I'll find year after year I'm kind of filming the same shots over and over again. I'm like, you know, I need to do something different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like switching it up and yeah, we did that one at hood. New what did we do? We did like a front three it, pass or something. Yeah, we taught. Yeah, we did like a front three and tossed the max to you. You were in so front we, and you front threed. Well, or no, I think you that? were in front. You were doing a back one or something, and I front three and oh. I threw it to you, and you caught it. Oh my god! You guys yeah. are just out here playing sports in. Minnesota. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we did it. Yeah, we literally got oh, a clip. Dude. I gotta find that one. Yeah. Wait. So how Touch did the down. whole GoPro thing start? Because. Uh, I bought a GoPro off the internet and GoPro what model? Uh HD Hero. Wow. Yeah, way back. And I just uh Yeah, I had this idea where I'd seen kinda like some of the old robot food movies, uh and like that those clips of Zach Marbin kind of filming themselves with the, like old handy cams with death lenses and then I was like trying to do that and then somebody told me about the GoPro and I was like, Holy crap, this is the thing that's perfect for doing this. So I bought it and I filmed one one video, just me testing it out for a couple of runs in the afternoon at Mammoth, and then that that blew up like crazy. And then all of a sudden, I had a contract with GoPro. <laughs> it was and it, it, it blew just up. Did, it just did itself. I just threw it on YouTube and it just went huge. I was gonna say, was it on YouTube? Because yeah. that during those days, it's not yeah, like you were was, posting IG clips. No, it's like, no, it was IG just started existing. I think right around then, it wasn't even I don't, you couldn't even put videos on it yet. That worked out pretty good. For yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was like 2010 or something. It was. That kind was the of, first time that you got sponsored by them. Yeah, from GoPro, yeah. So it was kind of cool because I was like, I didn't really know what I was going to do with my snowboard career. I was pretty burned on contests. Um, but I'd actually, I'd just, I'd just won the Eddie Wallride Invitational, and then I'd like film that video like the day after that or something, and then Super Park was about to be in like a day or two. So I was kind of like on one. There was a bunch of hype out at Mammoth. Um, and then the day after I filmed that video and put it out, I overshot a 10 foot jump and destroyed my ankle and was out for like half a year. <laughs> oh, it's just, always the mellow the, stuff. Yeah, dude. dude. The unit, like I was, I was getting way too ahead and the universe just smacked me down. Ooh. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. It, it, it I've seen that happen so many times where it's people that are so gnarly get hurt doing something so mellow. Like remember dude. when Brent broke his collarbone, mm-hmm. Brent riding was like, down the hill, riding down the hill, popped a cab one, caught a toe edge. Boom. That's how just, I broke my collarbone. Dude, I was, buttering doing like two miles an hour and just fell over and landed on my shoulder and, uh, and i was in the hospital i mean oh. shout out collarbones for being for yeah like eight above the heart or something. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's a quick six weeks just... even with surgery yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a good one honestly yeah that's that's rough the ankle is a whole different situation yeah that's a some... foundational support yeah oh. wait so so do you have a we did your favorite trick that you've done clip oh yeah do you have a favorite like gopro clip that you've like pushed the the sphere of what's possible with a camera hmm i mean a lot of those definitely done a lot of crazy stuff the gopros but maybe some of the ones uh just like the painter pull sweeps uh like a couple springs ago um my homie tim richetniak and i he's actually my very first shred homie ever from when i was uh riding at wyndham um, so yeah, shout out to Tim Richetniak, but he actually lives just up the neighborhood from me now, a few streets up. Um, but me and him went out and we had this like 12 foot painter pole. So we we're putting the GoPro on that and doing these like crazy camera sweeps and kind of jumping sort of over the camera and you get this really crazy kind of motion with the tricks. And, uh, so I, 
did like a just like a wildcat nose grab or something, just a little backflip um, on this hip feature. But it was really good light. I was wearing some cool outerwear, and uh, just the the motion of the shot and how it was was just really really cool. So threw that bad boy up on Instagram, got like 15 million views. So that's oh, probably my best GoPro shot because yeah, it's the most successful one. There Thinking about the uh, the outerwear tip, yeah. one you always you, I feel like you always have the bright kit. Oh yeah, well because when you're filming, dude. It is the bright kit gets the shot. That is something uh, Huggy taught me back in the day. He was the flow uh, staff photographer before he was photo editor at Snowboarder Mag. But he was like, brightest kit gets the shot. Yep. Dang. When I order my kit for the next year, I think about Dossie. Yep. Oh, I'm true. not thinking about myself. That's, yeah. That's why I went full orange, man. Wow, I'm so committed to just thinking about how fresh I look. But oh, I'm also yeah. not getting huge clips, so I mean. And you might not look <laughs> You just got to not look like trees. You're blending in. True. Yeah, you so, just got to not look like trees. Which is yeah, true. all the kind of tough colors are tree colors. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? I love like tree-colored stuff, but yeah. If you're trying to shoot, you got to go bright, boy. I remember Skittle the one life. year at a super park where you were in the, the cheeseburger jacket. Oh, my God. And Bridges, Bridges was like, you, Tim, Cheese- you're lucky you're ripping because that Cheese- jacket is ridiculous. Oh, my God. <laughs> dude, the cheeseburger jacket was the greatest. Yes. Were they paying you? Oh, was yeah. Was that, that a Neff jacket? Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. chilling. Yeah, it was like a full, full outerwear shell, oh. just cheeseburger from like dude, chest yeah, down. It was, no, it was like the top had like the seeds on, the seeds were like on the hood because <laughs> it was like the bun and that was the layers. So if you're actually like five feet away, it just looked kind of like a striped jacket. But then if you got like 15, 20 feet away, you saw the cheeseburger. <laughs> Which is like <laughs> where everybody kinda, sees you. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, yeah. Um, no, Woo. I love, dude, people love that jacket, okay? Yeah. For as ridiculous as it was, that thing slapped so hard. Yeah. The full kits That's, sell. And dude, I swear, oh, well, the full kits are making a huge comeback. Yeah. People swear, rocking the full white, full, you know, oh, the matching yeah. kits. That's full orange, baby. A fa- yeah, you're big on you're the full orange. full yeah. orange. It's, filmers right love me. Yeah. Here, here at YLTHI, we're big on the orange ourselves, yeah. so we yeah. salute you for representing yes. the orange. Because... <laughs> Yeah, I had a bunch of tree-colored stuff the last few years, and filmers hated me. I bet. So, yeah, that's honestly why I always wore like bright skittle-colored stuff. Because every time back back with magazines, if you were bright, if I was wearing some like, if I was a skittle out there, if I was tasting the rainbow, <laughs> and my other homie was wearing camo, and we were just at some spot hitting it, and like you both, you know, there's any kind it. of trees in the background. We're kind of doing similar things or whatever, but like. If the background's anything but, you know, blue sky or super contrasty, like, I'm 100% getting the shot run. Yeah. You know? And even Strategic. when they're shooting single shots, popping the flash, too, the bright colors, just, they they separate way better. It just looks better in print. Um, so that was always just beating my head. Do you think that that helps you get your shot. clips from the filmer faster? Um... <laughs> That's a no. process that everybody no. knows. Just is, waiting. Is nope. there any tips that you have to paying try to your get filmer. your clip? Ooh, paying payment. your filmer. Gets oh, there you go. Money talks. Faster. Break yeah. off the filmer. I did that the other day. Took a photo yeah. shoot, and yeah. as I was driving home, sent them a cash app. They were like, "Did you didn't yeah. have to do that? When do you want these by?" I'm like, "Right now." And they're like, "Sending them over." Yeah. Mike Dawson would love this conversation because it's it's just like. Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. You want something done faster? Yeah, you're paying for a yeah, service. Exactly. Why don't you break out yeah. your wallet and then I bet you it'll come a lot quicker. Yeah, money talks it's, for sure. It's that yeah. When you're broke, I mean, you um, can only do so much. Yeah, I feel that. I want to do, yeah. before we stray away from the GoPro stuff, Oh yeah. do you have like three to five tips that you can give the general public for oh, how yeah. to get better GoPro shots? Oh my God. I have a wealth of information on this actually. Full um, layman's terms. Because I do, yeah, I do all the everything from filming to editing, all that. Um. So, first tip, 
everyone's like, why is my GoPro footage so blurry and crappy? You know, there's always people like that. And you, they, they send you footage and you can like literally see like the fingerprint smudge. Like you can see their fingerprint oh. like in the sun reflection. You're like, dog, you need a lens cloth. Like they're all talking to trash talking, like posting clips. My GoPro sucks. This footage is whack. And I'm like, I can see your fingerprint, dude. Like, like clean your lens off. Okay. Yeah. They're worried step about, one. they're worried step about one. settings and if you're stuff. Doing, and you're like, yeah. you haven't even cleaned the step lens. Step number yet. one. If you're doing something dope, lens cloth, microfiber. Um, yeah. Okay. Step two, if you got one of the, like, actually the, I think the hero 11s come with the enduro battery now, but if you have a, a max or like a hero nine or 10 enduro batteries for the cold weather, those things are goaded. Like I've been in negative like 20 temps. Those and, are the white and ones. They, yeah. They don't freeze up. They're great. And they have them for the max now. All right. Wipe the lens. Make sure you have, make sure you have the cold, cold weather battery. bats if you're in the cold weather, cause they are lifesavers. Um, I see a lot of people just with their cameras mounted really crappy ways and not pointed at anything when they're on their head. Like they'll have their camera basically pointed up and just be filming the sky all day. So it's, you know, you can connect it to your phone. You can just shoot a test shot and look at it on the screen. You know, it's make sure you get your angle set right. You know, cause I see people who just run it for ever and ever. And then they're like, they have 20 minutes of the sky. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Crucial. you know, daily, I could bring up many, many, yeah. many clips of daily. Yeah. Check time out. lapse going up the chairlift and yeah. it's literally pointed up. Yeah. So test you know, unworkable. Yeah. You know, after you shoot something, you know, take a look at it. Make sure that it looks right. Yeah, um, just take your time. All right. Okay. And then I got some settings for all you settings, guys. Here um, we go. Yeah. So sharpness medium is like kind of an all right set and forget. Um, I think all the cameras default to medium now. They used to default to high, which you'd literally never use sharpness high ever because it would always over sharpen. Mm -hmm. So you'd, so everyone everyone in production at GoPro uses low and then you add 10, 15 sharpness in whatever editing software. Medium is like, all right, if you're really trying to set and forget and not do any work, um, but sometimes it over sharpens a little bit. So it's, they recommend medium sharpness for photos, but not for video. Um, so usually sharpness low. And then for people filming snow and maybe out on like some water too, a helpful setting is EV comp minus half. Um, it keeps the snow from blowing out. So it, it basically steps down your image, like half a, half a stop on the exposure. So, um, if it's super bright out and the snow is the brightest thing, you know, it might be up to, you know, the snow might be, you know, a bit blown out where if you step it down half a stop, it'll, it'll make the snow not get blown out. Those settings guys are definitely yeah. out there and it's so funny because to yeah. me, you might as well be speaking Cantonese right now. Yeah. Well, I love but, this. I, but the vlog is now a little bit better. Exactly. Continue yeah, on. That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like for, for somebody like C-Dub and people who use GoPro so regularly, there's so much yeah. more to it that that you guys have that knowledge mm -hmm. on so yeah keep keep spitting that to to increase the okay well, we can quality. keep going and then uh like a lot of people get all confused with frame sizes and stuff and pretty much the the taller your the more square your video is like the more vertical field of view you get so if you're filming regular widescreen on it you're kind of missing out on the sort of top and bottom of the frame. So a lot of people who film POV and stuff like that, you see more sky and more board in the same shot. If you're filming like four by three or the new eight by seven modes that are on the uh, hero 11. So yeah, the more vertical field of view you can get, the better off you generally are for a lot of scenarios. It's mostly just extra view that you get, you know, that you have to work with. So you got a lot more room for error, stuff like that. When you're filming follow cams, you know, you don't lose people out of the top of the frame as much uh, when they jump too high. Cause you just have, you have more view to work with. It doesn't give you less on the sides. It's just more. 
So and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but so it it's would be sixteen by nine if you were on like your phone sideways. But when you yeah. film four by three, it will film more high and yeah. low. And yeah, if you have more. the ability to where if they go up, you can move yeah, that you up can, by cropping. Yeah, you can move the crop on it, and then even more so an eight by seven. And then also just having more vertical field of view too. The more square videos, it uh, it fits on Instagram a little bit better. Um, so what I've been doing is I have uh, I film a lot of eight by seven. And then even I don't even like cropping out a little bit of the edge of that to post on Instagram. So what I've been doing is uh, GoPro put out an update for their FX reframe plugin, which normally you use for editing max footage uh, in like Premiere and uh, Final Cut. So with that, you have a bunch of super you have a super view slider in there. Essentially, now they made some updates to it. So you can uh, you can kind of warp and unwarp and super view stuff more. So I've been taking the eight by seven and stretching it into four by five and then posting that to Instagram to make it just fill the frame better. Whoa. Have you ever thought of starting up a tutorial based subscription where you help people with this? I know, right? That would be a whole Patreon for you. I would be subscribed. Yeah, that could could be a whole Patreon for you. A couple hundred bucks a month, I get an actual virtual call. People just ask me questions. I can just help them out with stuff, and they pay me. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. That's literally what that monthly contribution that to Tim Humphreys. Did we just make Tim money? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm well. rich. <laughs> I'm rich. <laughs> He's like, got the All idea. Right. We're good. Maybe the dream of affording a house in Tahoe ever is not oh, too far, bro. Just trying to not nah, get kicked out. <laughs> If that's, um, I might have to get into some feet photos too or something. I, yeah. can't, just, I can't just go off editing tips. Yeah, you're going to have to figure out some yeah. multiple streams of income to afford yeah, it. No, bro. Some of those night lapse shots you get, it's just, I know, they're, they're not joking around. Oh, yeah. There's the new Star Trail settings where you can, the GoPro does those in, in camera now. You don't even need uh, to use like Star Stacks or any other editing software. It's uh, You can get the, the Star Trail videos just out of the camera. Cool. Yeah, there's Star Trails mode, Light Streaks mode. Yeah, GoPro kind of, is yeah, one of the few fun. brands where, like, you know, with an iPhone, you'll see them put out the iPhone 14. And they're like, oh, this camera, it, you know, sometimes yeah. they'll up the zoom or they'll up the quality. I do like that they up the zoom for, yeah. like, filming in the background. But there, there's not always a huge difference. But GoPro, I feel like every yeah. time the new one comes out, there's a feature where you're like, damn, yeah, okay, this, like, is, this is legit. Like, yeah, yeah, now you can do super wide. They're really yeah. innovating. Yeah, the Max, uh, lens, the Max lens is awesome. Right, because you couldn't do super ride and do, oh yeah, the yeah, four K super view one twenty is a thing now. That's what it, that's yeah. what we've been waiting for. Yeah, Whew. it's pretty goaded goaded mode for POV filming. I think you just made the entire yeah. snowboarding internet content side just you just cranked so you might have the just quality a little bit yeah, for everybody a little leveling bit. it up or uh, made a couple can, people we quit. Can keep going, man. You, you can keep leveling your stuff up. Like, there's infinite random things that you can do for like basically nothing that'll just make your GoPro footage better. Like, you can get these little uh, little microphone furry things. So I get those. I kind of trim down the fur so they're not like in the lens of the shot, and I just stick those over the like front and the top mic on the cameras, and that does wonders for the audio. Because I used to use those Windslayer foam cover oh, things, man. but they're all pain in the ass with the screen. Yep. So now I just got these little wind furry things that have like little stick on pads and I sort of mm. cut those cut those out to sort of fit around the mics on the GoPro and I slap those on and you get pretty good uh pretty good audio even while riding in. How heavy are your DMs with GoPro questions? Um they they get like decently heavy sometimes. Um been pretty light lately. Um but definitely there's been times over the years where it's like 
when new cameras come out, I'm always people are hitting me up, always trying to find some spicy, juicy details. And are you hyped to share things. the info? I I don't have any about the new camera yet. No, just like when people hit you up trying to get it. Well, I can't tell them anything too secret. No, no, like for GoPro tips for filming when people hit you up to try to like oh, just yeah. get settings. Oh yeah, literally try and help out people as much as I can. You Same. know, any anybody that hits me up with a legit question wants to wants like you know has something they're trying to figure out. You know, I definitely try and lend them a hand and do anything I can to help them out. Sick. That's um, what I was trying to get at. Hit oh, up yeah. I thought you were Tim being Humphreys. like, am I telling them the secrets of next year's GoPro? Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, I don't even know. I mean, those. you can hit up Tim Humphreys. You might just be going, getting a Patreon link right? as a response now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just rip, boom, right here, dog. Subscribe. Um, I got you. <laughs> holy crap. Yep. Um, I didn't I, even know. I didn't even know I could do that. Yeah, it's a thing. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I think this is a decent time, C Dub, uh, to take a quick break. Yeah. Yeah. See what's up with this camera. Okay. We are back. On the You Love to Hear It podcast, once again, Tim Humphreys in studio. My name is Jamal, Casey Willax right to my right here. We are going to jump right back in with a new segment that we're doing. This is called the G of the Week. We're going to be finding the most gangster clip we see on the internet. G of the Week presented by Hemp Lucid. Hemp Lucid is a CBD and uh, wellness brand. We've got the Hemp Lucid products to our right right here. we got the mushroom gummies for sleep, mushroom gummies for stress, and some for immune support. They make great products, all USDA organic certified uh, cannabinoid products, and they've been supporting the boys a lot. So please go to hemplucid.com and order anything that you can work into your daily routine and use the code YLTHI15 at checkout at hemplucid.com. So the G of the week clip, we've got it right here. It's going to go to our boy Nick Fox. For a clip he put out this week that is just absolutely absurd. You want to have Timmy watch it right there with you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wait, wait, wait. We all got to, I'm not looking. We all got to start at the same time. Synchronize? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys got to do like a three, two, one count and then show it to me. Three, two, one. Oh, it just gets better. Oh. But just run it back for for old time's sake. Dude, the cab two prets is you don't see those very often. You, you, I, I was talking about that last night. You don't see them that often, and you don't see them done that well. Yeah, like he was full between the bindings, not like full ninety. That was like straight grease. And the way he locked in on the yeah. cab two same way. Just yeah, the same way. On the yeah, the same way. Four out was like it was too clean. Yeah. So that's our Dang. Nick Fox. You are our G of the Gangster. week here on the Wild Thi podcast. Certified. Sick. And that's not new. Like, this is just what he's been doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this that is dude just is another awesome. day in the life. Yeah. yeah it's Fox. always nice when you bring a really difficult trick yeah. and you make it look proper. Because yeah, front board pretzels, I can't even make look proper. And yeah. If you're cap you into, into that. It, yeah. Yeah. Like, shout out to Nick. That was. There's, there's a reason why you don't see them in video parts every year. You know, it's like once every few years you see somebody do one. You know, it's insane. It's really, it's like one of the hardest tricks. Yeah, that's it's a heavy one. So G of the week presented by Hemp Lucid. Shout out to you, Nick Fox. We'll send Nick out some type of swag for for uh, becoming the first, the inaugural G of Swagged the week. out for being G'd up. Yep. Yeah. And um, um, drop if you guys do post some bangers, just drop a hashtag YLTHI. You love to hear it, and that'll make it easier where we can kind of scroll through. And if you guys got some bangers and you want to be featured in the next one, love to hear it. Yep. Uh, so next, I was going to bring up a topic that CW you and I talked about a little bit, and that was this year's, this past year's X Games. Um, 
at this past year's X Games, there was a whole thing with them having the influencers in the in the X Games booth. I was curious, Tim, did you watch it at all? Uh, yeah, I was. I was like pretty hyped on the Minecraft stream, but then they kept interrupting it with all this <laughs> stupid snowboarding. <laughs> that is amazing. The fact that we have a straight gamer on is yeah. the best situation. I don't play. Ever. I don't play Minecraft. Yeah, but I don't know. Seems fun. A lot of people play it, but uh, yeah, I was hoping for like Valorant or something. I'm more of an FPS kind of guy. Word, word. But um, I don't know. I thought the influencer thing was kind of funny. I mean, I don't really have a super strong opinion on it. Um, I was definitely hyped on my boy Stony. I was hyped that Stony McBlaze was there. Like, I don't know. Like, a lot of people hated on him super hard after um, what was it the Red Bull Heavy Metal or whatever? I don't know if people weren't vibing, but. That was like his first real big gig out in the wild. I think he's still just figuring it out. And he's, I don't know, he's chill, dude. And I think he's cool. He's, you know, he hasn't done anybody wrong. And like, I fucking, I get a kick out of all his videos. Yeah. You know, he's always sure. saying some funny stuff. That's a stuff. good outlook to have on. You know, so like, I thought it was funny that he that he was there chilling. Um, who else was there? There was, was there Snowboard Jesus was there? I thought it was pretty bold or, for them to even that, offer like, the opportunity to homie. Because like you said, that was his first gig. And it was as big as it could possibly well, be. Well, the first one was Red Bull Heavy Metal. I mean, the second one was X Games, you know, so he's, that's okay. what I'm saying. He still, had a little still time early to dial in. The game, in. Yeah, he still he had some time to dial in his craft, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Um, But I mean, you know, it's a media event, and, you know, the company who runs it is going to do what they're going to do. Um, So, I mean, it's like, I'm not running the X Games, so I don't really have any control over, you know, what they do or whatever. So, it like didn't hurt me watching it that bad, but also I was just like, I wish they would have used this time to maybe show some more snowboarding or something. And that's or, what a lot of you people know, said, you know? Yeah, like pump up the athletes a little bit more because it's like I've been to X Games a few times, and unless you win, like the payout, it wasn't that great, you know? So it's you, a lot of the perks of it is that, that media hype and the exposure, and you know, and they're kind of splitting it off onto, um, you know, influencer type people who in the eyes of a lot of pro snowboarders and people who have really had to earn their keep and, you know, they had to pay their dues and stuff. They're like, why the hell do these people get so much attention when, you know, yes, they're popular and they have a big following and they can, you know, have a big reach, but like these people haven't paid their dues in the thing like we have, yeah. you know? So there's, I, I see that there's, that's why there's so much animosity to it. Cause any anybody who has grinded and paid it and gotten to the place where they are, you know, they're like, why do these people, you know, get to take the easy route, you know, and we're working our asses off and risking our necks and all this stuff. And, you know, these people get a bunch of airtime where like, you know, we could have this, you know, and it kind of eats into some of the perks of going to X Games because that's what they used to focus a lot more time on was, you know, rider profiles and, you know, showing cool videos and stuff like that yeah because everybody um, that's there competing has yeah. put in literal blood sweat and tears it's blood. like that's not just a phrase like yeah anybody no, who's gotten don't to that level, get to that level without being in the hospital a few times yeah exactly and then for somebody to just stroll into that role yeah. and take up some of that that shine it's not like a jealousy thing it's just a simple like i'm yeah. here to compete to show you the sport that we're doing mm -hmm. and then you have these people that are in some way involved in it or their their media base is around it but they're not out here doing it you know yeah exactly and then they end up actually getting more followers from it because they're I know, like the right because they're the ones all. getting hyped the whole time so yeah. i think that's yeah, a lot of the controversy yeah. and also 
not only just like the history of the riders and all that, but there's a history of X games and what it took for that yeah, to get man. there and whatnot. And then I found out that in October before this, this past X games, ESPN actually sold their majority share in it, which uh, makes it so that literally the company that owns X games. Now they don't actually even know the foundation of how the event itself became. Yeah. So it's a weird, that's what happens yeah. when things get sold and sold. They just again. need to bring my boy Salema back on there and just let him run the, the show. Yeah. He should be the executive Peace, producer right? of everything at X games. He's been yeah. there since the beginning. Number one, he's been involved in every one of those sports. He couldn't be a better face for the brand. Like, just bring Salema. Please, come take over the X Games for all of us. Mm -hmm. We all need you. You're the hero we all need right now. He's very busy right now. No one's debating that. He's very busy right now shifting the culture out there with Burton. I've seen they've been doing the Burton Culture Shifters Tour, which looks awesome. But Salema, we need you badly. Yeah, for real. Yeah, dude, him. We got to keep J Town though, dude. Jack Matrani. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I've enjoyed this. He's the best. Commentate. He's he's always been smooth with words. <coughs> yeah, I li- I really enjoy listening to him. Yeah. And cr- it's Craig McMorris that's on there with him a lot. Too, yeah, right? Craig's on there too, dude. Craig's a riot. Too. Yeah, and they they yeah, got a lot of inside funny. jokes with the riders because they yeah. know them too. So yeah, that's like very cool to see. Yeah, especially those two. They they know oh, everyone, yeah. and you know they're both insane snowboarders. You know, both of them are like, you know, they've some of them have been like you know, maybe more attention has been on their brothers and stuff with Mark and then also with Luke Matrani and stuff. But both of those guys are absolutely phenomenal snowboarders who have done some of the most insane stuff. Yeah. And actually Jack McTrani has one of the sickest like uh, selfie shots kind of, I think before GoPros, he had a real, like a big camera in his hand. He did this mental half pipe air, like so high filming himself and it's all slow-mo. Oh, and sick. I remember like when I was doing some of the handheld stuff, I saw that and I was like, I was like, yeah, that was sick. Yeah. You know, um, nice. so, so I had a, a always question been hyped on his Borden, Craig's Borden about so. X Games. I'm going to I'll start with I'll tell you the question but I'm going to start with my own so you kind of have an example of it. Like is there a dream event that you would want to see in X Games? Because mine would be basically a I don't know 50 foot kicker maybe. Ooh. Something that's well everybody there it's like a very very mellow jump for them yeah, but it doesn't look chilling. super small. And then a a contest where you can't spin over a nine. Yeah. Because I feel like the creativity you would see yeah. with the grabs, the tweaks, everything from guys at that level, if they couldn't yep. spin over a nine, yeah. it would be so... Oh, that'd be great. And it would be such a shout out to people who are mm-hmm. quote unquote core snowboarders who have been in watching it for a long time because you would know like the technicality level would be so right. sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People would be doing all the funky weird tricks, like all those like five bring backs and stuff. Yeah. You know? and, I think and that'd the, be awesome. Yeah. That's, that's the stuff I want to see. I love it when people do cool, cool tricks like that. Yeah. Oh, love that. You well, know? they started eliminating events, so let's see if we can, <laughs> yeah, add yeah, more, can right? we get a couple time. back. Okay. Please? Yeah. Also, I want, I want like, obstacle course you know like ninja warrior on ice like border cross meets uh <laughs> like, yeah. most extreme challenge yeah yeah literally so like <laughs> we break you out know, the barbed yeah, wire they're, entrance yeah, they're there race, there yeah, they're racing, but the... there's you know there's like a like a rail like over a trench where you got to grind the whole rail or you like fall in you know then you got to hop out you can't like maybe there's a rule you can't unstrap Ooh. so you gotta like yeah, that would be sick you know there's a bunch of challenge features maybe over some hazards you know who knows maybe an alligator pit i don't know just, i like that I mean, shout out Bombhole Cup. They, they did the vintage kicker. Sick. Like I thought it was just the slalom, which was so fun. And then it ended <laughs> up being a vintage kicker showdown, a 
skin, like you'd have backpacks, skin, oh, I saw uh, splitboarding, skin, up splitboard the slalom race. course, and then ride back down. <laughs> then they had just like the showdown kicker over the Cadillac where everybody was lined so, up. Oh, yeah. So did you tell me that over that Cadillac, it was a you it was mandatory you had to spin a 900 over it? No, the mandatory nine was on the big air kicker that they randomly just chopped up on the side. Like you said, they throw booters everywhere. And Sick. that was to start the rail jam. You had to do a Mando cab nine. Or yeah. Mando nine, excuse me. Cab wow. nine. Cab nine's the one, though. If you got to whip like a nine on a little jump, you say nine, you just th- cab nine. Is just yeah. So <laughs> well, if you're off. if you're whipping a nine on a little jump, yeah, cab nine. Because yeah. back nine I mean, coming is, from the cab. Back God. nine is people yeah, are like, literally. wait, were you out golfing? You know, yeah. front front nine people are like, damn, you hung. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like switch back nine. It's it's too many words. Yeah. Switch back Swack nine. nine. Swack nine. That's been. But people are like, wait, it's whack. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was the sickest. That term has become increasingly popular as well. The swack. Oh yeah. Because it's. I, I'm a big fan of saying less, you know, because yeah. even with cab, it's not it's not really cab because we're not fakie ollieing off yeah. the snowboard. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we're doing switch front side technically, but switch front side or cab. I'm gonna call it cab because that's way less words. For it's sure, so much easier. It sounds is cooler it, too. Is it? Isn't cab just switch front side though? No, and true no, it's fakie. Cab is fakie pop. Oh, well, I that's know what you're that's snowboard words, but on a skateboard, cab is the like the fakey front side and so then switch front you, side would be a switch ollie like a switch front side 180 they you just know call it switch front one yeah switch front side one would be like switch ollieing with the front one yeah. but the the half cab would be like fakey ollieing into it and then i guess snowboarding is just late so we're like calling it true cab when it well yeah rarely well, we're, pops well, we're late and tail. we're lazy because we want to call the one that people do the most just the easiest thing yeah switch front side is just too much work too many words on that cab tab. on that point <laughs> taxi uh, seven, true cabs on the snowboard are so sick yeah oh yeah like oh, dude's yeah, doing like true dope. cabs off the knuckle yeah and just well, like that's... floating it out marcus ran yeah big on that, that he... clip we were, that we talked about tim he did the true cab 360 into opposite foot switch tail press butter yeah yep half cab or oh, yeah. switch front side 180 <laughs> <laughs> i love the trick so complicated that it's not even a lead because people are gonna be like he did a what now yeah, yeah. uh-huh who? <laughs> a who casey do you have anything you'd want to see in the x games um maybe just, just see more stoke everywhere would be tight yeah yeah just off levels engaged you know what else it's do you remember the year that they did uh freestyle motocross on snow they had literally freestyle motocross on snow with like studded tires on dirt bikes and there was like a just a a jump it was insane brian i think it was brian deegan snapped his femur and then they were like yeah i think we're good on this yeah (laughs) i think that's what happened with a lot of the snow sports things with jumps yeah it was was it's such an insane idea though like let's just stud the tires on a dirt bike and bring it on the hill and hit jumps it was mental so people are like doing that in the backcountry one year it it like rained a bunch and got really cold. So there's a two foot thick layer of ice everywhere, but it was all perfectly smooth. And people were out on like bikes with like studded tires, just Whoa. ripping around like where we'd rip snowmobiles normally, but just well, there's out also in the back the, country just shredding the timber sleds. Well, yeah, there's those things, but yeah, those are for like fresh snow. I mean, yeah. they were doing this shit on glare ice with like studs and stuff. Cause it was, and like not a ski on the front. They were just doing it with their, like a dirt bike, just studded tires. That is so aggressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing like a photo of it. I was like, what? Yeah, that's so aggressive. Those timber sleds look epic. That looks like so much fun. Yeah. You can kind of go anywhere on them. They're sort of annoying because a lot of times they shrap the snowboard terrain that snowmobilers can't get to. We're like, ah, oh, the timber sledders got it. Oh, uh, really? But you can get up to stuff really easy and they don't get stuck, but you can't like put two people on one to double up it. So they're kind of useless for us 
snowboard backcountry sledders. Yeah. But maybe one day. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about some backcountry stuff because I told you it's like so foreign to me. Oh, yeah. But for one, what is the Tahoe backcountry scene like? And it seems to me like as somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience in it, it seems like like when I lived in Tahoe, I noticed so much of it is very accessible. Like so much of it is close to the road. Extremely. The few times I went out in Colorado, we had to drive way back to somewhere to some back bowls, then sled in. It seems like in Tahoe. Well, there's a lot of that too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's like hundreds of square miles of snowmobile terrain. There's like at at least like 20 trailheads where you could dump a sled and just go out and go out into the mountains and there's endless cool stuff to ride. Um, And then there's also a whole load of things just right off the roads. You, you know, on the ways up to ski resorts or just driving up high off of neighborhoods or something. There's all sorts of random cutty little things that you can kind of get easy access to. If you're like smart about it, you know, you might be able to leave a car kind of down by your exit point and then drive up higher somewhere else. And then you hike a little bit and then ride down to access some stuff and you can hang out there and hit something over and over again. And then at the end of the day, keep riding down, end up at the other car and drive back there's you know or you could just walk out somewhere and do something um you know or you could drop a snowmobile and sled a little ways and go up something or you could go way out it's um there's a lot of roads that go right near a lot of really cool mountains um, cool. so yeah a lot of sweet stuff to get to and the the feature of the mountains is is pretty unique because there's a lot of just a lot of feature it's all the mountains are very featured so there's infinite cool stuff to ride it's not like there's just a lot of boring open mellow slopes there is just rocks to jump off of and weird natural hits everywhere so it's like natural playground and there is infinite of it and how Um, much time do you guys put into avalanche safety and like staying on the cutting edge of avalanche safety because i always wonder that because it just seems like something that's always evolving and you have to stay on point with it yeah um i wish the technology would evolve a little faster i mean beacons are definitely they're better than they were but i feel like they're still they're very simple though which is kind of nice you know simple and reliable um but a lot of it more boils down to just staying on top of knowing what the snow is like and what it's doing and you know the layers of the snow so we're always keeping up with reading the avalanche forecast and then when we're out, we're always observing what's going on. You know, we might dig into the snow and check out some of the layers and get our own data, um, especially for riding somewhere that's maybe a little bit different than the forecast region uh, for the avalanche uh, that the avalanche center was talking about. Um, so we definitely put a little bit of time here and there into knowing about the snow. <clears throat> and then, you know, once we have a pretty good idea of what it's like, you know, then we start riding some stuff and we try and make conservative decisions to start off. And we maybe find some slopes with mellow little rolls that could like, if the snow is bad, a, a little thing could slide. And, you know, it's a good indicator that like, if that little thing goes then you shouldn't go on to anything bigger and more consequential. Um, so yeah, we, we definitely try and, you know, be smart. We always do a beacon check in the morning, make sure everyone's beacons are working, that everyone has them on their full battery and all that. We all have radios and we're always keeping in communications because I think a lot of people emphasize a lot about the snow safety and knowing what the avalanche conditions are. But really it's like you have to always be ready to respond to an avalanche situation anytime somebody's dropping in. So that's why we all have like backpack radios where we have good communication. Um, Cause no matter how good your gear is and how much you know about the snowpack if somebody gets caught in a slide and nobody's 
in a spot where they can easily respond, then it's, you know, what are you doing? Um, so yeah, we always want to make sure we're making good decisions and that we're not putting ourselves or our friends at risk, you know, cause if, you know, somebody, we, we always talk about what lines we want to do before we do them and go up, you know, and, and whatever, so we can make safety plans with the group. Um, you know, we always, you know, we don't want to throw any random things at it. Cause if, if you're like, don't tell anyone that you drop in somewhere where no one can see you get caught in a slide and nobody knows and you know, how are they going to rescue you? Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely good, uh, good group. Everyone's, you know, everyone makes sure that we talk about stuff where we do it all the time. <clears throat> and then, and then, yeah, just keeping up with, you know, doing practice drills, uh, we actually took a custom course a little while back from uh, Max Wittenberg. He does a uh, Westwind Collective, and we actually took a custom course that was a little bit with the Abbey Rescues. We all know how to do beacon searches and use that and find people with the probe and stuff. That's you know that stuff's easy, but it was more about okay. So an avalanche happened. We got our friend out. They're hurt. Now what do we do? Oh, um, the second part of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, because when we're out in the backcountry, sometimes we're like 15, 20 miles out on the sleds. And, uh, you know, anything can happen. And especially if you're really far out, how how do you get an injured person out of there? You know, what realistically are your options? How can you call for help if those options aren't viable? Um, so it was really cool to, like, do some mock scenarios like that and, uh, you know, actually as a group assess the reality of an injury and how we would respond to that. Did any of that involve them sending like a life flight helicopter? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a good bit of it. So we, we went through all kind of potential scenarios and involving the helicopter. So if we're like super far out and there's no good way to transport the person out, like not at all, we're 20 miles in and it is just no shot. We're getting them out, like dragging them or whatever. Then part of it was how do we find a good landing zone for a helicopter? How do we contact them? Um, How do we prep the person to be picked up? Um, all those types of things. So cool. it was really cool to go through that as a group. And, uh, you know, cause a lot of the AVI courses are like, don't go in avalanche terrain. Don't get caught in an AVI and stuff like this. And this is like, yeah, you're snowboarders and you're riding the AVI terrain and the bad thing happened and here's how we solve it. Yep. Um, so it's it really practical. Yeah, exactly. Is very, very much use case involved, which, uh, was really cool. So yeah, hyped on that. Cause yeah, in the back of your mind, you're out in the backcountry and stuff's really sick, but you always got to think about how likely am I get hurt trying this thing, and if I get hurt, how how screwed are we trying to get out of here? Yeah, um, yeah. Same and thing. that it's a thing yeah. where, especially if you you know somebody's filming at the bottom of the jump, yeah, or or if people are in any way like in an Abbey zone, yeah, it's not just about you. It's like yeah, am the I other putting people my, around the rest yeah. of my crew at risk by doing this yeah. or that. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Say the filmer is kind of perched somewhere and like, you don't say where you're going you're just riding it above them and you trigger something onto them or whatever, you know? Yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, nice. but yeah, it's, it's, it's so fun though. It's as long as you stay on top of the, you know, knowing what the, the avi hazards are and looking for changing conditions. Cause sometimes the conditions can change throughout the day. So it could be not sketchy in the morning and then it heats up super quick and that's when all the snow starts shedding. So like, noticing signs of changing weather throughout the day that cause hazards and you know it's 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 hard to like read it all in the book and like know how to experience it out in the wild without you know having some sketchy encounters but you know you try and always stay in safe places and you know do the ride and get out of there if uh you know you have any doubts about it and you know you 
never want to put yourself in a situation where it's like you're super exposed and the consequences are something you can't take. Yeah. You know, I know. So it's insane how little people actually know how dangerous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially watching just getting to the shit on a snowmobile. So dude, snowmobiles are like the most dangerous. Yeah. And then we're going to do this and then we got to double up some gnarly shit to get to the thing. Like half the time getting to the line is gnarlier than the thing you're actually doing. Every time I watch somebody, like watch a yeah. Instagram story or something of somebody getting a snowmobile stuck. Oh, and dude, it is it out, the I go, worst. I'm like, that looks absolutely horrible. Oh, dude. Looks it looks like is, hours sucks, of dude. hard labor. Nah, it doesn't take hours, but if if you have like two or three people, you can get a really stuck sled out in like 20 minutes or oh, okay. 15 minutes. If you it got like three brutal, people, though. yeah. No, it sucks because those things weigh like 550 pounds, dude. They're like, they're heavy as shit. Yeah. And like, but it's actually better to kind of like be going up kind of a hill and not make it and trench in because then you can flip the sled kind of backwards you can do like a two roll kind of thing and it actually ends up downhill right now you just got to make sure that like you have enough people to hold on to it so it doesn't go flying away into a tree or something yeah um but yeah getting stuck sucks i got a gear question for you all right let's get it random scenario um i don't even know if it's so much of a question but so i got a black diamond beacon Mm -hmm. um whatever, two years ago or something, went to do some cat skiing up in Revelstoke and um, used it, went through like their mandatory yep. training course and whatnot, and it worked fine, and then haven't really done anything since. Got an email from wherever I bought it from saying that, maybe it was Amazon or something, saying that the product yep. that you purchased has uh, some type of manufacturer's potential manufacturer's defect, and they've like warrantied it, um, or whatever the word is, recalled yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And so I emailed whichever email that they gave me with all my part info and whatnot. Yeah. And they said, yeah, this is the one. And oh, then God. Black Diamond. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah, terrifying. Yeah, that was horrifying. Hasn't even gotten to the scary part yet. I email them and Black Diamond says, yes, can you send us a video of it malfunctioning? And yeah. I was like, you're like, what? Uh, I don't. Yeah, well, like that's just pure confusion with that like, question. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, no, I'm supposed to trade this in before it before malfunctions. Before it, right? Because if it malfunctions, we I might die. die. Could you send me a video of you being stuck in an avalanche and this not working, please? They literally yeah. wanted, and I messaged them back, and I was like, I'm confused. I thought that sometimes it had happened already. And just the fact that that product is out there on the market means that it could yeah. happen again and there should be a 0% chance. Yeah. So all of them come in and we send you a new one. And they were like, no, if yours isn't malfunctioning, then well, we're not was, returning well, what it. what was the malfunction? That it, the on to off for search and not search would freeze and it wouldn't switch from search to send. Ooh. Ooh. That seems like oh. pretty important. Ooh. That is... And they literally said, "Yeah, if you if it's not currently malfunctioning, we are not replacing it." And I said, "Well, I haven't. Yeah. I will share that on the podcast." That happened with and I'll the let peeps. The people I think that happened with like one of the peeps ones it. too. I think. What is it? There's like a peeps beacon. I think in the last year that kind of had a similar recall for a similar thing. Is their switch could get switched while it was in your pocket? Oh man, which is yeah, which is not okay. Well, it's, yeah. So that's so they. I'm pretty sure they did a full recall and replacement and switched up the design. Um, what's up black diamond I'm still running old yeah. what's Beacon, going on but it's not one of the ones that it it has a different type of switch than the ones that were in the recall yeah Whoa. well that's that's my scenario that I'm involved in right now that's like, very so I can't return this thing that is a big yikes yeah, yeah. so well Ouch. 
Ouch. Hard hard call out on Black Diamond, I guess. In the, <laughs> yeah, in the sorry, podcast. Sorry but, about it, guys. You know, you sorry, come yo. If, Maybe you if have you're a making safety gear that we're trusting our lives to, like, if a customer has a problem with your gear and the, it, you sh- you just, just replace it, like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. If you made like, a product and it's frozen and it doesn't do what yeah, it was supposed like, to do. Like, if it has the potential to malfunction and it is a life... It's a life safety issue. It's like a life-dependent safety device, like... Replace it with okay. I, that's, I was that's confused. Nasty. I'm glad to have no, some that's, reassurance. Yeah, because they're so, not cheap. No, they're like 400 bucks for a beacon. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, oh, if this yeah. is oh, yeah. thing. I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need either a new one or I'm gonna need that cash, homie. Yeah, straight <laughs> up. I'm gonna need that bread, um, B. I yeah. I haven't been able to stop thinking. I don't think you gave me an answer earlier about a front of a, a spin or a straight air. When you're guinea pig in a jump. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. I ever kinda, got the answer. Well, I do both. So, basically, the biggest jump I've pretty much ever hit, I straight aired it the first time I hit it. Woo! But then, yeah, that one at Mammoth at Super Park, and then we got off on the whole chan- tangent about it, and that's when we split. Oh, because we started yeah, yeah, yeah. about Yeah, because yeah. oh, it was crazy. But, um, I mean, there's definitely some jumps where I feel like spinning off of it to test it is better. Um, it's kind of a vibe I get when I'm on the, the drop-in, you know? I'm like... So sometimes I'm like, I need to spin off this or I'm going to die. Yeah. And if then you're going to spin it, what's, what are you going to do? Do you have like a, a stock one for that? Back three, back seven, cab five, something like that probably. Really? Not front three? Eh. I feel like yours is front three. Either nah, front or back I don't three, like but the, probably front three. I don't like front the front three because you don't, you don't get to stare at the landing as much. Yeah. Like a cab five, you like you stare straight down at it the whole time and you – it's easier to square up where the front three you're kind of like looking down at the knuckle like mm-hmm. down below you your feet it a little by accident if it's got yeah on it. yeah yeah so i don't know i feel like like cab five or back three are you know really comfortable options to like get yourself out of some stuff when you know things might not go right in the air yes you know i feel um, like i've seen you do front three indie and front three stale for those yeah yeah I just sometimes get, you're coming in so hot and you get nervous to keep a straight air. You have to be, everything has to be perfect. Worst case scenario, you start to shift. You can like throw a weird 180, but your axis might be off. But if you kind of just like, yeah, if you're spinning, you can get out of it when you kind of get bucked a little bit or you'd get kicked off of your feet. Like if you're spinning, you have the option to get out of it. Yeah. By twisting straight air, if things go wrong, you're done. There's no way out. Cause you're basically, you're going to go up like upside down whereas yeah. the three you can push your legs forward more yeah. or you can like starfish and, and yeah or back. you can like you get too corked you can kind of pull it around to five and get your feet back under you or you know you got options so um, i definitely definitely feel that on the spins um yeah it's yeah some jumps i don't know some jumps i'm like ah, this, this thing's all right for straight air and then the other ones are like yeah i need to spin stubai xl pro line on the right oh, first time i've been there in a couple frick. years what are you doing straight air or back three dude that jump is so i've hit that thing dude it's freaking moon blaster <laughs> i don't remember what i i think i back three that one see stubai still got the booters i freaking <laughs> yo oh, yeah. i knuckled that thing like twice so you know my the first time I knuckled it, man, my feet went numb. Like the bottom oh. of my feet were just tingling, ah. and I was just laying face down on the deck of the next jump, like basically crying for like 15 minutes. <laughs> Is that the biggest knuckle of your life? Uh, that one was pretty violent. Um, I mean, I didn't really get actually hurt from it. I knuckled a smaller jump and got way more hurt at Super Park one year, but um, 
that was definitely one of the most abrupt knuckle hits ever. Like that was strong. You're in the air. You realize you're going to knuckle. So high in the air. Tips for knuckling. Um. Yeah. So first of all, it sucks. <laughs> um. Okay. Mentally prepared. So when you're going to hit, you want to at least make sure your body is squared up enough so that when you impact, like you're probably going to bottom out your chest on your knees. So you want to make sure you're squared up enough so you don't hit your face on your knee. That is like, you want to avoid that at all costs. So definitely try and just get yourself squared up. You want the nose of your board pointed downhill towards the knuckle. Like you do not want to land sideways at all. That is really bad. And then... um. You kind of have two options from there. You either try and just squat it out, and then you're probably going to do a half front flip and like land on your back halfway down the landing. So if you're like, if you're kind of close, you kind of just go for the hit and deflect and bounce some sort of way. That's kind of, that's like kind of your best option. Like maybe if the snow is soft, maybe like leaning back and kind of taking the hit with your board and then letting that thing loop out and then you bodying the rest of the hit that one's all right if the snow's soft like if it's hard i don't know if that's none yeah. of the options are good the, real, um, the <laughs> best the best option is to just go fast yeah and then it's <laughs> you know but yeah you kind of want to do like a little jake brown style deflection hit yeah um that's the best way i could describe it is any way that you could like kind of hit and deflect some momentum out out and kind of like whatever but you you always want to just square up and be ready for the hit. Like, you know, I think if you try and take the hit, like, sort of with your body not – your body kind of angled a little bit and try and take the hit with, like, the tail of your snowboard, you're going to, like – board's going to bounce. You're going to get bodied super hard. Yeah, that only you know? works if it's soft. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like some of the ground yeah. disappears. Well, you might like, have just saved a couple lives right there. Yeah, you just – yeah, yeah, you literally. just got to be ready to take it, but kind of deflect. Like you, it's like you want to try and like land, but like don't try and land. You know, <laughs> be similar, wa- be similar, uh, similar situation. You get bucked, and your your body's. You don't know if you should go for flip or not, but you almost should because you're half flipping oh, off yeah. the takeoff. If you're half flipping off the takeoff, you got to go with it. It's the same thing with double corks. When you throw one and you're like getting sussed in the air, just you got to keep committing, like. If you bail out, it is guaranteed going to be like it's going to be bad guaranteed if you bail out on it. So that applies it's like, to almost all things. Yeah, literally. In so sports, it's like you get so much less hurt when you commit. Yeah. If you like, I've done it myself. You see me do it plenty of times. I've hesitated and played myself oh, so much harder than I would have if I would have just committed. Like right. when you're committed, all of your momentum is going in one to direction. the right place. Yeah, to the right place. But so, once you start doubting, oh, then no. you're then you're already in the wrong place. Well, the, the doubt. The second you doubt it, yeah, that's somebody never dodge. Somebody years ago at Mount Snow told me, yeah. I forget who it was. I would love to give them credit for this yeah. quote, but they told me speed checks always bounce. You know, Sheesh. like like bouncing a check. I was like, damn, that is that is heavy. They're like, dude, just. Just go Speed deeper. checks always. I've never yeah. heard that. Isn't that. That is gold. I would love to give somebody credit for oh that. I can't think God, of who it yo. was. Next uh, time one of my homies knuckles a jump because he speed checks too much, I'm busting that out on Yeah, him. speed checks always <laughs> bounce. And it's true, man. Like, yeah. you're, you'd, I'd rather land three quarters of the way yeah. down the landing than yeah. knuckle this jump right now. Yeah. Like, there's, you know, you have so many, you have such a better chance of pulling it out if yeah. you are forward momentum down the landing where you were trying to go to begin with then if you hesitate you get squirrely now you have no reaction time you're all off axis like you're better to just just send it i feel like 
I kind of subscribe to that, but that's not like a be all one though. I feel like, cause sometimes, sometimes, okay, hear me out on this. So if the overshoot hazard is really gnarly, but the knuckle hazard isn't that bad, then sometimes I might take those speed checks. Cause if it's easy to overshoot and there's like bad consequence for that, then like you want to maybe flirt more with the knuckle. But if it's like the knuckles really bad, but you can go far in the landing, then definitely transcend. That's, that's you know? a good point. It's like you have yeah. to play to your, to yeah, the, to exactly. your feature, you know? <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. It's anytime you're at a feature, I, I feel like in my mind, I have like a danger map of like where the hazards are and where the not so bad hazards are and where my like bailout spots are and, you know, where do I need to go for things to go right? And where do I need to avoid if, you know, like where do I need to avoid that? Like things will go wrong or whatever. It's a lot more um, critical thinking in snowboarding. Yeah, than yeah. You gotta. You're doing like the. You're doing all the mental calculations. You got all the, all the formulas. Yeah, it's like that meme. You got all the yeah. The meme. You got like all the formulas in front of your face. Yeah. around your head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're calculating your trajectories and nice. whatnot. I feel like we should jump into the the infamous crail grab. Oh yes, Tim. Oh my God. I, big crail grab guy. Yeah, big on the crail grabs, crails and seatbelts too, right? Uh, get down on a few seatbelts. I feel like I've seen you do both, but the Crail is yeah. is notorious. You're notorious yeah. for it. I love it. Well, they sometimes are like seatbelts because it's switch sort of. Yeah, I, guess. I think that's actually when I see it more is you popping. Yeah, because sometimes I rip regular back three seatbelts. But yeah, I got the the Cab Nine Crail. There's actually I have a trick on my fantasy list. I need to go Cab Nine Crail the seatbelt. Oh. I've like tried. I've never been able to do it. I've done it on five, but I want to do it on nine. That is a a but, full yoga flow in mid. Yeah. yeah, how did you get into that? How did that become? Because it's one of the hardest tricks, know. one of the grabs. The I think, grabs. I think like I was playing like a game of snow or something somewhere, and it was like do this on a hip, and so I did one, and then I was like, oh, I wonder if I can like spin with this, and then I just started cranking spins with them, and I was because I'm like a stretch, I'm like decently flexible, so I can get a bunch of weird grabs. It looks um, really sick off the so toes. I started doing too. them, yeah, and and I, so I started doing them. Nobody ever. Nobody else really does them, so I'm like, I'm unique. Because <laughs> no one can. Right? So how do we learn? Or do we do it off know. hill or on hill? Are we doing it on the yoga mat and then hip bring stretch, it? Hip stretches. And it is on the mat. You just got to, I think you got to like turn your body 90 to your feet and kind of just like put your board in front of your face and just grab it. I just had to physically do that to imagine what he was you're saying. Like, <laughs> like, you basically got to yeah. want it. Yeah. Yeah. You you just got to want it and believe. Um, and it's, yeah, I don't know. Just got to figure out that right way in the air. Cause when I'm standing on the ground, I'm like reaching down a crail grab, just standing on the ground. It is like so hard to get. I think it's that's like why a I reach, get, dude, but then in the air, I don't know. It's like in the air, you can just get it easier. Hmm. Um, well, we're on the yoga topic. Should we do the, the human tonic stoke? Oh yeah. We can stoke out our boys. Oh, stoke. tonic. So human tonic has been sponsoring the podcast. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen a little bit about their products on our Instagrams. But you can see right next to me the uh, Human Tonic. That's T-O-N-I-K. They have a Super Greens Tonic right here. Uh, I used it this morning. I've been using it every morning for weeks now. And it is great. Full of uh, superfoods, adaptogens, lots of things to get your morning started on the right foot. Uh, You just take the powder, mix it into 16, 32 ounces of water, whatever you want to do. Did you just dry scoop it? You can dry scoop it right into you the neck. You can dry scoop it. We right just found out live neck. on the air. You can dry scoop human tonic. <laughs> um, so yeah, human tonic, they make that greens tonic. They also make a red tonic that's full of beets and berries and all kinds of awesome antioxidants and superfoods that uh, it can really be used really? as like a pre-workout and a recovery. 
uh, the Reds Tonic, and it is they're great products, and they're very committed to knowing what is in their products uh, and having it easily accessible to the customer for you to go see the exact dosages. So it's not just, hey, believe us that this is awesome. They break it down for you right on the label, right on their website, what's in it. And it's not just... How do we get this on the label? Ooh, put just enough amount on the label. Correct. The stuff is dense. Yes. It's delicious, but I'm really good at drinking things that aren't delicious and loving them because I know what they do for me. So I'm not really too sure how delicious it is, but the stuff is dense and it makes you perform. They're kicking back for the boys. They're kicking back for you guys. They got the discount code. I believe it's YLTHI10 at humantonic.com. And um, that, that runs us into the, the human tonic question yeah, of the Get yourself week. some of that human tonic and fortify your neck. Fortify the body. <laughs> uh, Timmy, what are what are three things that you do for your cuerpo, for your body, longevity-wise, to just make sure you're on point? You've literally been snowboarding, you told us, for yeah. over 30 years. And you yesterday <laughs> did one of the biggest no, dump back rodeo tents of your life. Um, what do we got? Three things. I already right. heard you're on the yoga mat. Yeah, yeah. Definitely stretching. Um, I'm big like evening stretcher guy. <clears throat> so like I don't really stretch too hard in the morning. So I feel like I get too loose, might get kind of hurt. So yeah, definitely, definitely keep the stretching up. Uh, but it's more of like after kind of riding, um, celebratory stretch. Down. Yeah, exactly. Good static stretch. Yeah. 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 I don't do the statics in the morning. Yeah. You could do like more dynamic ones. You don't want to break. Um, I yeah. found that out the hard way. Yeah, because you get all loose, and then when you knuckle the jump, your like muscles aren't kind of ready to take that kind of impact. They're too loose. Hmm. Um, so number one, stretch it up. Um, number two, water. Oh, I'm gonna <laughs> water. Somebody had to say it. Water. Most underestimated thing out there. Started Most, looking like, for my water immediately. It is. You'd be so surprised because definitely the amount that I exert myself, especially in springtime, elevation, the sun it just sucks you dry and it's so easy to not realize to not realize that you're like super dehydrated and like you just feel infinitely better when you actually keep up on the water uptake and this tahoe tap be wet it is oh right we were talking about this earlier this is the, the best water i just got so, to tahoe to was it, give me two days ago now no actually uh right? two days ago i, f- I flew in c picked me up and as soon as i got to the house and i was like oh i need to grab Ooh. some water i like looked at the tap and it there might as well have been like that gold aura behind my head. I was like, oh, Tahoe yeah. Tap. Pretty sure you can so drink it right out of the lake. Yeah. Probably could. I don't see why not. I've seen it. Seen it. I don't know how they're doing, but they did it. They did it. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. Tahoe Tap. Say you're gets. out in the backcountry for six, seven, eight hours or on the hill. How Are you carrying a water bottle around with you? How are you staying hydrated out there? Mm-hmm. We drank from the fountain. We drank from oh, the yeah. fountain. Blessed <clears throat> fountain. Blessed. <laughs> Maybe the fountains are secret you know i've been feeling pretty rejuvenated these last uh few years that it's, checks out yeah that's true that checks right? out that's good oh that's awesome uh what do we got we need one more mm. one more healthy tip we got water we got stretching um uh, hmm tip number three i mean i was probably gonna plug nanocraft but i feel like that's kind of conflicts with some of your guys sponsors hey on man the, that's that's they're sponsoring you it. that's cool with us CBD. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nanocraft CBD. Supplementados. Um, you know, because for me, it's like I'm not super big on like ibuprofen and those kind of anti-inflammatories because it's like they're just not good to take like long term as like a, you know, a day-to-day solution. So, yeah, a lot of the um, cannabis-based anti-inflammatories and stuff like that vary about it, um, you know, so that combined with some stretching, um, 
and the water is uh you know recipe for success and it's it's crazy it's like it's i don't so know i don't know you know it's so yeah it's it's like i don't really try that hard um you know just keep up the activities day to day always out doing stuff um i mean i basically had a gym in my driveway all winter shoveling this metric fuck ton of snow that we got (laughs) um you know so always out always out there doing something using my body um like to keep skating in the summer keeps the slamming muscles up that's maybe the big secret for keeping the snowboarding going through the winter is because if you're like not getting bodied and then all of a sudden you start like hitting jumps snowboarding like yeah it's you know the jarring impacts even even if you're landing all the time like if i haven't been snow like skating a bunch or something i go to mount hood and i go start hitting the big jump like my body just like even if i land everything body is absolutely hit just from all the jarring impacts but if i've been skating a bunch and falling eating concrete and whatever it's like my body's used to those types of like hits and if you don't use it you lose it i've um, never heard anybody say that wow yeah, that makes beautiful. a lot of sense yeah, yeah. you want to be ready it's for the uh, impacts in preseason you got to be taking impacts you just got to steadily get broke off so yeah. that when you're getting all broke the time off, it's normal yeah. that's Stop the that's the off. secret dude my homie uh this guy mark lisak that uh worked at flow for a long time he's the shit um shout out mark lisak but he is old head insane at skating and i remember i asked him at one point in time because he's you know like 40 whatever 50 something doing rodeo flips on his skateboard in concrete parks and Whoa. yeah yeah and i'm like dude how are you still able to do this and he's like i just never fucking stopped man yes and i was like yeah he's like all my all my friends that were good skaters they stopped for a year or two and it's uh, the longer you stop the harder it is to get back on the wagon especially the older you are so you know bodies in motion tend to stay in motion true that yeah wow um we were just outside not long ago. It's getting pretty nice here now. Springtime vibes. Oh my in, god! In Spring it just hit this week. It was winter until five days ago. Yeah, I was wondering what do you do here mostly? You just told me skating. Do you? What else do you oh, do yeah. here in the summertime mostly? Uh, much skating. Uh, I just bought a little Super Seventy Three last summer, so I was actually. Um, uh, me and my roommate Skyler, we've been ripping around. He's got some uh, some gas bikes. But we've Skyler been Gallardo, yeah. With his, I've seen his, yeah, yeah, his gas his, bike, like yeah. The, that thing yeah, looks he epic. got one uh, uh, for his girl Colleen too. Um, they've got they got two of them now. Yeah, those things are from like the seventies or some yeah. Shit. They look those awesome. things are awesome. Yeah, so he's always out ripping those around. So I got my e bike, and he's got those. <clears throat> and we live over by uh, D's house, and he's got all those uh, concrete skate park features. So we get to we like rip around some single tracks through Prosser around the reservoir, and then we pop out over by D's house, go skate there, and then there's a bunch of bike paths that even go uh, into town. So we can rip the bike into town, and go hit the skate park there. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, there's fun little bike to bike to skate wraps around town. Um, take my truck and go bushwhack around backcountry zones looking for sled routes or ways to just cool terrain to go rags there's dirt roads everywhere yep um you know definitely get some camping in um surf the lake a little bit when there's wind storms coming through you can catch some waves it's pretty fun fountain um, of youth yep go hike to the fountain of youth and then need to take a nap for like a week after that the first um, time that i went to the fountain of youth i was yeah, oh, the, only, the only time i was so underprepared but oh i could God. not have had a better time yeah i i had such Oh, that was an amazing experience. Yeah. Thank you so much to Chris and Skylar and everybody yeah. for bringing us up there. That was one of the best. I'm not a hiker. Like in, in no. nature, generally speaking for me, I'm like, 
like I usually don't want to hike unless there's something epic to do at the top. Which yeah, I was gonna say like I'll hike a jump to hit it. But, yeah, but to just walk for I don't like recreationally five hike. hours with a heavy ass backpack. Oh, yes, it sucks. Yes. So then you show up and it's one of the well, it's twenty two miles or yeah. something round trip with yeah. sixty pounds of gear on your yeah, back. Yeah, I love. You don't hike. Yeah, I yeah. logged like twenty Dude. something miles plus the vert. Okay, there's also you go up like two thousand vert. Yeah, that and last then when you're hitting heavy. it. You're hiking, and then when you're it hitting it, you're hiking. Yeah, you're yeah. hiking like a couple hundred vert, but like twenty times. You know, so that adds like another thousand. Yeah, yep. I had like minimal gear, like a regular yeah. old backpack with my snowboard strap to it. I was just like, oh yeah, all types Fried. of out of sorts. I did not know what yeah. I was getting into, and I, but I had so much fun, man. I had a and I definitely yeah. did sleep heavy when I got back. Yeah. Oh, dude, feel that? I was smoked for days after it. But yeah, that's last, a great time. Last year, I, I for one, I didn't even go tent, dude. I found this just flat rock, and I just set up my sleeping bag, pad and bag on that because I had this tent. And I was like, this is I can't carry this. This is too far. It makes my bag too heavy. No tent. I'm over. I'm just whatever. Fuck it. Yeah, you'd be all right. <laughs> Luckily, as long the, as you're not cold, it's yeah, like how bad could it be? Yeah, I had a zero degree bag. It's just I don't know. Some random weather came in, but it was just sun, sun, sun in the forecast. So I think we're Jerky. we're chilling. <laughs> Jerky. Well, we might be not be even going there this summer or we might be going there in august september yeah, oh, you gotta yeah wait, right? for it to melt wait for it to melt oh my okay, gosh yo, but you I got be doing a lot more snow i got this schemes summer. for this year schemes. you got something schemes. up your sleeve bud okay no. yeah okay we should bring we should bring wetsuits and like maybe a little like swimmy floaty things maybe a little like dingy okay and then you just full yolo pond skim out into the bigger lake down below so I want to find like a rock to Ollie or something out there. Pond skim, rock Ollie, just YOLO skim to just ah. out there. So then I got a little flotation device so I could swim myself back and I got wetsuit so I don't freeze to death. Ah, because I remember going there and even just falling in the slightest bit, how heavy it made your boots and your board. Oh, I was yeah. like, whoa, this is kind of sketchy. If yeah. you can't oh, unstrap yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're sinking, you're just yeah. bye. You're bye. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's like quicksand. Later. It was in, I was like, oh, yeah. this is actually kind of intense. Yeah, dude. The one me and Skylar did this. This year was so scary. The one where we had to skim out to the rock and then jump back. Oh, yeah, and, I saw that. And Zach dropped his board in. You had to dive in and get it. Oh, man. Oh, and it was like so cold, dude. Dozzy was like, this water was any colder, it'd still be snow. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. Yeah, classic Dozzy line. Yeah, that, that place is awesome, though. It's such a good experience. It was, that was. That was literally life changing for me. I was like, yeah. so hyped oh, on it when I got dude, back. Like, it is phenomenal because I do insane shit for a living out in the same thing, and that is some place that is absolutely special. Yeah, it is such a unique mission, so cool. But we need to go there for another day. We like speed run it every time. I know, and I want to do something other than yeah. walk and sleep. Yeah. Yep, yeah, I know. We talk about it every time. That's all we do. And me, then we, Timmy, and then we literally don't do it. <laughs> we talk about it every time. Let's come out here like even a just, week before and like just, bring some of the stuff that we're going to camp with. Leave it there. Come back down. Come, come up for oh, wait, four no, not, days and like stay for see, a that's night. What, that's what I want. I want to stay for just one more day. There's so many so things that we to have, build like, out there. And, yeah. Or even two, like one or two more days because we did it like two nights. And it's, pr- we just walk and sleep. And that's it. There's like no time to chill. Yeah. The problem is you just... You can't wait to just get out of there the whole time you're there. It's the most fun thing in the entire no. world, but you're kind of also like, what? Oh, well, last but- time we were there, I was fully ready to be like, I still had some, I had enough food for another day or two. So I was like, I could just lay here all day by the lake and just chillax. And then like, you know, maybe hit a little easy access skim, like in the evening, you know, have a nice chill day, take a nap, 
and then like you know maybe go to sleep and get a bunch of sleep and then hike out the next day all easy style doesn't that sound chill that's because you're good at hiking i think i die more than you out there and no, i but, set the car no, but up I mean, so proper that there's like ice re- croys on ice sandwiches <laughs> made down there so like when we get to the bottom but, oh. but it's like but you're all smoked from hiking the thing the day before the next day after you leave. But imagine if you had that day that you would be doing all that whole hike back just to chill. Ooh. And then you hiked out the You'd next day. You'd be hiking out recharged. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You have a recharge day before the hike out. Yeah. But we're psychopaths and we just run out of there. Yep. That's because I sleep on that rock one night and I'm like, ooh, we're doing this again another night. Well, that's also just lend like that's what we were saying. Like, I'm not a hiker. Path. You're not the biggest camping guy. So if you were, oh, cam- I have nothing. If you were camping all the time, love, it, you yeah, might I feel way more apt nothing. to do that. But it's not like you and I just go hiking and camping and stuff like that regularly. No, I know? grab a random pad out of my car on the way up there. But like Scrizzy has French get, presses, just get jet boils, jet bro, dude, jet bros, jet bros were firing, dude. The jet bros were boiling over. They were so stoked. Oh, yeah, I think I just bring so much camera gear that it ends up just being so heavy so quick. I know, dude. GoPro needs the freaking mini dad cam. Imagine, like, a little, little toggle zoom on a little mini GoPro. You just, like, I work with, yeah. uh, I was working with some of the younger kids at Mount Snow Academy this year, mm-hmm. just doing some editing for them. And, like, it's so funny how, you know, trends go one way and then they always yeah. come back around. Oh, yeah. And it's already come back around to so many kids using Handycam vids. Yeah, they where, can just like, make a VX, but, like, GoPro yeah, size. They have like a you know a 4K camera. They yeah. have a GoPro. Other other kids got a 4K HVX whatever, and they're like, "Yo, get the handy cam." Like that's just what they're about right yeah. now with the younger. And because HVXs the- are stupid. All right, I know there's so many HVX lovers out there, but that camera is like so big and heavy, and like literally most other cameras shoot better than it. Yeah, I don't know why people love it so much. Even yeah. with the death lens setup, it's even stupider. Like, it's very it, big. It's very, it's so big. It's like you could have like 20 GoPros for the same cost of the lens and they basically shoot the same thing, but even more frame rates and with sound. I love watching the, the style come back around with these kids though, because a lot of them are starting to wear one baggy pants are coming back and I could not be more. Yo, Jenko's and chain wallets. Let's get that in the lift line, baby. Everybody, all the younger kids right now just like look like extras in a Limp Biscuit video. And I I love it. I love it so much because I was, instead of being like the old head, who's like, Oh, you guys weren't there. Like, it's even better for me because I've watched it come all the way back around. I'm like, I never really stopped dressing that way for the most part. So this is sick, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I love to just watch the what what style tight, trends are going on with the jeans kids, though. coming back. Uh, okay, like I don't skin, know if they ever will. Skin tight jeans. Remember, uh, you see, right. obviously, down with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a, the clip of I think it's Jeremy Jones talking about Cooley, and he's like, yeah. Cooley comes back to the spot next year. His pants are tighter. He's yeah. stitching his own pants. Oh yeah, you know, totally. that's, no, that's, that's totally what they're doing. When that movie came out, yeah. it was tight, tight. Pants, oh yeah, you know? oh yeah, tight, tight pants, pants, wide stance. <laughs> Yeah, and it was like you were on one side or the other, kind of. There was like not that much in between. It was like you either had a tight, tight pants, wide stance, or you were completely thugged out with a five XL Sean Kemp Supersonics jersey. Hell yeah, you know, so swagging out there. So on that note, is there a trend in snowboarding that you love the most right now, or one that you dislike the most right now? Um, hmm. The trend that I kind of always hated the most was like the skinny stance trend. Oh, like, like skinny stance jibber? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just like never liked the way it looked. Um, I always just thought it looked weird. 
Yeah. Um, what what you got a degree on your stance or a measurement? You're pretty wide. Um, so I go 15 front minus 12 back. Um, if I'm like just jibbing on a small board, I'll maybe go like 22, 22 and a half on that. But if I'm like doing any other type of riding aside from jibbing, I'm like anywhere between 22 and a half and like 23 and a half. I think when I was doing I'm more pretty sure that's, stuff, that's wide body, right? Yeah, that's I get a measurement wide. on mine. It's, it's like considered decent, wide it's decently wide, but like for doing a lot of jumping, like I don't really hit a lot of small features and stuff. Like I really only hit big stuff. So like basically the bigger you're going, the more impact you're trying to take. You like need a wider stance. Like you can't squat out heavy impacts on small stances. Wider like stance and a bigger board. Yeah. Like, so you need a little bit of a duck. So you can't really go like no angle and narrow and expect to land any kind of impact. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why the, the skinny stance thing always looked weird to me. Cause I'd see them take big impacts and I was always like, Eh, they're not really like hanging on. They're like on the verge of looping out every time and stuff. Yeah, I think um, it's more of a rail thing. Yeah, it helps so, you quickly spin. Yeah, exactly. It's easier to whip like two seventies out of stuff. Um, so I like narrow up my stance a little bit for like jibs, and I'll even go a little less angle. I'll go like like nine 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 or twelve twelve or something like that. Um, but then yeah, for more jumping and other stuff, I'll go like yeah twenty twenty two and a half to twenty three and a half, just depending on how the holes in the board are. Um, I think back when I was doing a lot of slope style contests, I was maybe 23 and three quarters, like on the old flow quantums and stuff. Cause I think that's just what it's, it, it was either like 22 and three quarters or 23 and three quarters were the options or something like that. I need right. to measure my stance um, and get a reference point of where I'm at. My so. entire life of snowboarding has just been trying to figure out what is MFM's stance and how do I emulate oh that. Oh, my God, right? <laughs> I'm like, whatever he's doing, he's so square and so yeah, just cheat out with everything. I want to, I just want it to be that. Um, and it's oh, not just an inch thing. It's a, You have to do how tall matter. is he, how, yeah, yeah, exactly. what how size big is are his board, legs. how much does he weigh, the yeah. legs. Yeah. He's a kind of brolic yeah. dude he's pretty solid oh yeah that's what i thought but someone told me the opposite recently I was really i've never met him i actually hard to say. i it actually this breaks my heart to even tell this story but i'm gonna tell it because maybe mark will give me another shot after Uh-oh. me telling this story but i was living in oceanside and uh i had posted something maybe an old clip of him or something and i had tagged him in it on my story because i'm always just watching yeah. old tech nine finger on the trigger yeah, mfm yeah. anything videos and I think I had tagged him in it and he looked at my Instagram and he saw that I lived in Oceanside. And I, th- I believe he lives in Carlsbad and uh, he had started surfing a lot more and he saw that I surf and he replied to the tag on my story and said, we took chatted a little bit and then he was like, yo, I'm actually about to paddle out at Tamarack and this is like my snowboard idol. And I'm like, right. am I about to go surfing with this guy? But I was in such a mode then where I had just started I don't know, maybe three months before that training jujitsu and I was so addicted to it. Like a healthy addiction, but I was so addicted and I had planned all day on going to class that day. I had told certain guys I was going to be at class that day. And he's like, I'm about to paddle out of Tamarack right now. And I was like, Oh dude, I, I gotta go. I gotta I'm going, go to jujitsu. I'm going training. And then, I'm definitely not going to go after, paddle out with my snowboard. Yeah. Idol. And then I hit him up to surf like after that, no answer. And oh, I was like, no, I blew it, dude. Like that was my one chance to meet my hero. So Mark, no. if you're out there and you're listening, give me another shot. Yo, man. We, <laughs> paddle out with the boy. I, I truly, truly, I apologize from the bottom of my heart. He had a terrible I, jujitsu addiction. I was, I was doing something else that I also truly loved, but I would have loved to surf with you that day. And I love Tamarack. 
Tamarack, too. Oh. It's such a great Yeah, spot. Tamarack's pretty fun. So I, I can't even believe that I, I did that, considering I used to literally have a cardboard cutout of this guy on my wall. It was Holy in the snowboard shit. shop, and I just took it from the shop when they like got the new stuff in. <laughs> but I'm like, this guy was literally on my wall. He asked if I wanted to go surf, and I was like, mm, i got to go roll, dude. I'm really into the training right now. <laughs> I might not have ever trained again. Yeah, yeah dude, I... I think about Every it all day, the time. Every day, 5 p.m.? Perfect. See I, you there. <laughs> I would be lying to everyone if I told you this is the first time I've thought about that since then. It happens Ooh. quite often. Yeah, you're just like, damn it, why did so I Mark, do that? So, Mark, I'm sorry. That's good. <laughs> Paddle out for the boy. Speaking of paddling out, Tim, you're, I mean, you have surfed quite a bit. Um, yeah, got what, some moves. One, what does surfing do for you? Like, you know, what parts of it do you enjoy a lot? And do you see any correlation between your surfing and your snowboarding? Um, uh, well, I mean, surfing definitely gives my arms something to do, which is nice, you know, cause I do a shoulder lot of season, baby. shoulder <laughs> season. Yeah. I definitely, my legs and lower body takes a lot of abuse in the winter and other than shoveling my upper body doesn't get too much of a workout. So it's, uh, you know, it's great to go to the surf gym. You feel like really fully satisfied after surfing, you know, it's actually like a really good workout and you're not taking a lot of those abrupt impacts. So it's a nice contrast to the yeah. skateboarding. Um, I mean, surfing feels like riding pow, so it's, uh, you know, a good way to keep up with the shredding during yeah. the summer, just feeling comfortable on the board. Um, if like I could spend more time surfing more consistently, I feel like maybe more of my snowboard style could show through into the surfing. Um, but half the time it's like, I haven't been surfing in a year and then I just go out on some trip and it's firing and I'm just trying to get my paddling arms just back on. Bodied. And then by the time I get my paddling arms back on, I only get a couple surf sessions where I'm actually feeling really good. And Swell that that's, the, that's the story of a lot, yeah. a lot of trips. That's been yeah. tough for me right now because I haven't but been surfing a lot. And definitely. I'm like, yeah, when I get to surf more, though, and you know, get to go on a couple surf trips every summer and spend a few weeks and then get some time, like a week to chill and then go out another one. Uh, there's a few summers where I spent a bunch of time surfing. I was like getting pretty decent. You know, I was like able to duck dive like double overhead waves and you know not be like that freaked out about just being a bigger surf yeah feeling really good and you know just yeah just taking off on whatever wave not being scared and you know having the strength to be able to like fight the current while i'm like out on the bigger days and stuff and you know definitely working the way up there and you know but then it's i don't get to surf all winter and basically lose like i don't really lose the skills but i just lose all the paddle power which is you know it's my arms 80% are gonna, of the yeah. paddle. Yeah, my arms are going to fall off by the time I make it out for the first time. And then I'm like, how do I even surf when my arms are about to fall off? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nice. Well, this is probably a good time to transition into another segment. This Ooh. is the segment is called Ask C-Dub Anything. You've seen it on the previous couple podcasts where I will ask C-Dub something about sports, pop culture, anything that I really think he's not that well-versed in. And I try to find, try to find some things to stump him. So this week's Ask Seed Up Anything is brought to us by Candy Grind. Uh, Candy Grind creates high-quality and style-driven products for good people. They have an amazing line of hoodies, uh, T-shirts that I'm wearing right now, gloves, outerwear, apparel for all your winter shredding needs. They also have you covered for the summer. They have board shorts, tees, tank tops, uh, all kinds of accessories. Great the Habitats bag, the Hab bag. I, I used it on the way here. I can fit my life in that bag. It's, they didn't even know it was waterproof until I started swimming with all my camera gear in it. It's unbelievable, Uh-oh. that bag. The, so Candy Grind has been supporting the boys for a long time. If you've watched the C-Vlogs at all, you've seen us rocking the gear and using it. It's super high quality. They're a great company full of great people, and they support us and have been since day one. So 
If you can do them the favor of going back and supporting them since they've supported us, use the code YLTHI20 for 20% off at checkout. Again, that's Candy Grind, YLTHI20. So today's Ask C-Dub Anything question. I got to say, they're offering 25% off. It's YLTHI25. My bad. The boys are breaking out the bag. YLTHI25. 25. You guys are randomly sponsored by Candy Grind. You yeah, you're on the team, boys. <laughs> All, right. All right. So today's Ask Seed of Anything question. I think he might have even seen this one before, so I decided to switch it up on him at the last second. Seed up, name me five Major League Baseball players that are in the Hall of Fame. So I, I tried Bernie to Bernie Williams. Oh, I don't know if Bernie's in the Hall, but that prob- he probably is, and I'm going to give you credit for that one. Paul O'Neill. Chuck Knobloch, Derek Jeter. Are you got one more? <laughs> Roger Clemens. So you just watched the Yankees in like 2003, and it's burned into your brain. <laughs> Except Clemens. Was, oh my God, Clemens he was on the Red Sox. No heater. Yeah. yeah, so it was the Yankees wow. versus Red Sox. So that was I did not see that coming at all. Wow. You just not it's only did you name me fanatic. five baseball players, but you named me five baseball players from one specific like, championship team. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Oh man! I'm like, Woo! I don't know. Could I name five baseball? Could you? Maybe. Just give me three, Tim. Babe Ruth. Yes, definitely a Hall of Famer. Wow. Mark McGuire. Oh, stud. Hammer. Sammy Sosa. Okay. There you go. There I re- we go. I remember the, Yeah, I remember they're battling it out. For Everybody the, remembers. They're the battling it out era. for the um okay. the the most home runs or something. Yeah, and right? Sammy had the home run hop where he oh, would yeah. smack one and then he the would like, jump down the baseline before it went out. That was awesome. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow, I'm I'm still in shock that you just did that. I feel like you did that to me. That's good. Yeah, you tried to switch it up on I, me. I switched it up on you. Bro, yeah. how are you going to pull the Uno reverse card like that? That I was know, amazing. Right? That was awesome. Wow. Right. So, so what we're going to do with that is that clip is going to get posted on the Love to Hear It slash Casey Willax Instagram. And if you guys have a question that you would like Jamal to ask me in another episode, drop it as a comment on that Instagram post and we will pick somebody. Yeah. And I, I'm a big comment section guy. I love reading through uh, funny yeah. comments. So make them as either outlandish or obscure as you want. And I'll be picking somebody and we will be given the person whose uh, question. I pick a gift card to the candy grind website. Yes. $50 gift card to the candy grind website. You guys are getting hooked question, up by right? candy grind. Wow. They really have been hooking us up for years. So we appreciate all the love and support from candy grind. You guys are the best. Awesome. Dang. I still can't I can't believe you did that. Too easy. That was heavy. I think on that on that note, we might have to just call it because I'm gonna have to go rethink everything about these questions and possibly my life after CW just did that to me. Yep. Sports. Uh, sports. <laughs> yep. Timmy, it was great having you yeah. in here today, man. You dropped some serious knowledge on us oh, yeah. with the GoPros and just your history yes, of shredding. Yes. It's been awesome oh, yeah. watching you ride and yeah, thank and you. watching you continue to progress. Continuing even, to make history. Even in even your dinosaur old age. <laughs> I know, right? It's, I am shocked. You got any Still people or sponsors you want to shout out and some love you want to oh. throw around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, big shout out to all my sponsors. We got uh, Flow Bindings, Nightacre Snowboards, GoPro, Nanocraft CBD, Drop Gloves, uh, Carve Eyewear, um, Icon Pass. Um, wait, am I forgetting anyone? Shoot. Uh, oh yeah, Demito. Um, got some sweet outerwear. Got these 
Those Gore-Tex, dude, these are Gore-Tex. I was looking at those the whole time. Where did he get those? From Domito. You can't even buy them in the U.S. They're like from South Korea. Those are legit. (laughs) 9 a.m. I like the, the, what is it, the shade brand? Oh, uh, Carve. Carve, Yeah, they got some sweet shades. Yeah, definitely. Definitely hyped to have some shades back in the mix. I was, I broke all my old ones, so I'm back on it. Yeah, they got some nice, uh, their gogs are sweet, too. They have like magnetic lens goggles like everyone else but their magnets are really strong i've hit my face a lot and they haven't they haven't blown out yet yo shout out to so, car for protecting, <laughs> protecting yeah your face. i've been doing some serious research dude oh i i went straight toe edge catch the face plan off the landing yesterday and that's that was little, that was my R&D best for the boys that was my best <laughs> test yeah, R&D yeah for the boys yeah out there sick um, all right well we're gonna wrap this thing up thank you guys all for watching you love to hear it we really appreciate all the support it. we've been getting uh keep going over to the instagram the tiktok and all that and engaging with us on those videos we love to hear all the feedback that you guys give us and please please hit that subscribe button on youtube it's very important it helps us keep the podcast going and we're just trying to grow it so yeah. this will be available on all streaming platforms and all so will all episodes and we love you guys. Thanks for watching. You'll love to hear it, boys. You. Yes, sir. Love to hear it. Yeah, nice. Nice.